Access main program. Access main security. Access main program grid. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Gundam at MAHQ. I'm one of your hosts, Soulbro Ryu. You're listening to episode 134, and you might notice that I'm kind of by myself. Um, that's not by design. <laughs> we actually uh, sat down to record this episode a few days ago, and there were a few technical difficulties with the episode. Um, there was some kind of feedback happening on the recording, and we didn't notice that until I ended up playing it back to edit. And um, you can noticeably tell that what people were saying would then overlap what they were saying a few seconds later. It didn't happen throughout the episode, thank goodness, though. Mainly it happened through the first segment. So pretty much the first segment where you normally hear the news, the old-timey news segment, and uh, the Hopers and Dreamers corner was pretty much lost. Um, here's a sample of what it sounds like. And I just want to uh, the most evil of the all Chris the Australians right now. And I just want to cue from the, the Chris Laughter right now. Uh, because it seems this that is the old uh, from the Harmony Gold USA News Network uh, versus it seems that the old uh, Harmony Gold USA Chris, versus laugh. Hasbro case has been dismissed. <laughs> Chris, you may laugh. <laughs> Your tears, Harmony Gold. And there you have it. I don't know if you could stomach a whole episode like that, or at least a whole first segment like that, but um, it drove me up the wall, and I tried to salvage it the best I could, but I couldn't. This weird phenomenon also happens at the beginning of the Gundam Build Fighter segment, but I was able to actually salvage that. The reviews of episode one from Neo and myself is, is actually missing because it happened during that segment. You'll notice that the part where Chris is going to turn the mic over to us to give our opinions on episode one that it kind of takes a jump and you'll know that from the new type ping sound you'll hear in that segment and from that point on that issue doesn't really happen all that much in the episode if at all the only other thing i can think of that does happen is that my voice is a little out of sync with neo and chris when we review the first three episodes of gundam build fighters and then by the time we get into episodes four and five everything is back there was a issue also on skype which chris's audio cuts out from time to time but it's not as bad that you can't figure out what he's saying we had the kitchen sink of Skype issues thrown at us this episode. So much so, I'm amazed we have an episode to show for it. My apologies for that, guys. But the majority of the episode is here. In this episode, we have the review of the first five episodes of Gundam Build Fighters, which I know you guys have been waiting to hear our opinions on. And then later on, both Neo and myself sit down with two voice actors you guys know quite a bit. The voices of Atherin and Kira, Sam Vincent and Matt Hill. 
And uh, we sat down with them and I uh, had a great interview. You guys will really enjoy that. It's a lot of fun. Those guys were great to talk to. And we hope to talk to them again sometime in the future. Many thanks to Gundam's own Dollar Over Lance for getting that interview for us. And shout outs to Chris. He wasn't able to make it to the interview for reasons outside the show. But he was with us in spirit. Very sorry that uh, this episode turned out to be a little bit different than others. This is a lengthy episode, though, just to let you know. Both those segments ran longer than I expected. So... If anything, this episode kind of turns out almost as long as all the other episodes. Many thanks for you guys for listening and your uh, understanding for this. We'll be back with more Gundam at MAHQ in just a moment. This is Stephanie Shea, and you're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. What do the Anime Addicts Anonymous hosts think of My Little Pony? If you're a dude older than 12, (laughs) you really should not be watching My Little Pony. And if you are, go eat some chicken wings. Anime. I'd rather watch the Smurfs. Smurfette was hot. Addicts. I'm pretty sure I set a few My Little Ponies on fire when when I was a child. Anonymous. No, that's cool. I'm just saying, like, My Little Ponies burn real nice because they're made of plastic. Podcast. Visit us at aaapodcast.com, iTunes, Facebook, and live from Japan on Ustream.tv. <laughs> hey, Garma. Do you read me? Blame this on the misfortune of your birth. What? Misfortune? That's right. Char. You're not saying that you were indeed a very good friend to me. Don't take it personally. You can thank your father for this. <laughs> Char, you... <laughs> you double-crossed me, Char! <laughs> who shot you in the ass? Who? That who would be you? Me? I shot you? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, was, I was shooting. Yeah, I, was, I did a lot of shooting. I mean, but I, I, I ain't saying I shot you in the ass. I mean, I, I ain't saying I didn't shoot you, but gun damn, somebody shot you in the ass. Tell me about it. Gundam at MHQ, and we're starting off finally our coverage of Gundam Build Fighters, aka Gundam Boyfriend, the currently running Gundam TV series that you can legally stream with English titles off Gundam.info and YouTube. Same difference because it's just a YouTube video on Gundam.info. And this series is directed by Kenji Nagasaki and written by Yosuke Kuroda, who previously wrote Double O as well as Gunpla Builders, which in essence is the prototype for this series. And back when we did a round, I said that I'd love to see this concept taken and explored 
in a longer format. So uh, I my hope and dream came true. Go figure. But but you can't attribute that to uh, Silver's threat, though. It had nothing to do with making that come true, right? Yes. Damn you. Man. No credit for Silver. Yeah, we don't we don't want to get people's hopes up. So never. Gunther's and. Gundam build fighters, not set in the same world, but similar concept where Gunpla are used and they're scanned to fight in these games. Everyone competes and the quality of how you build your Gunpla influences how well it performs in the game. So we have a um, kid named Sei Iori, whose dad is a famous Gunpla fighter and his parents own a hobby shop. And while Sei is very talented at building Gunpla, he is a crappy player of Gunpla Battle, which presents problems <laughs> for him. Especially when an annoying kid named Sazaki shows up and basically is trash talking and gets him into a fight where Sei uses the Wing Gundam and gets his butt kicked by Sazaki's Gion. Enter a mysterious boy named Reiji who Sei ends up helping and says, hey, I owe you one. Just call for me and I'll uh, I'll be there. So Sei finds himself in trouble when he agrees to another fight. It's using off his new mecha that he's been constructing, the Build Strike Gundam. It's a customized version of the Strike. And then uh, he wishes for Reiji, who then appears out of nowhere and takes over for him and basically beats up Sazaki and destroys his Gyan, which then gives, say, the hope mm-hmm. that someone has finally come along and can control his gunpla the right way and potentially compete in the uh, world championships so packed in with tons and, and tons of and references that is cameos well this show definitely has lots of references to old gundam things and it manages to appeal to both new audiences and hardcore fans it's unapologetically a toy commercial but thankfully it doesn't take itself seriously at all which is something that too many Gundam shows do you have all of these things like an old man who loves goofs who looks suspiciously like Ramba Rawl is named Rawl <laughs> and is voiced by Ramba Rawl's voice actor Chuck is hilarious or you have uh, Say's mom Rinko who is very easy on the eyes and is voiced by none other than uh, Captain Jiggles yes, yep. and Tonya from Gundam X Indeed, indeed, and and um, uh, also uh, Sailor Moon's voice as well as uh, Masato from Evangelion. Like there you go. Then you Moon. have all of the cameos by totally obscure mobile suits from F ninety one, Victory, Double Zeta, G, all in glorious modern animation suits that you know you never thought that you would see on a TV screen again in a Gundam oh, yeah. show. Or ever, like ever. F ninety one, you know. Yeah, or or you have or even, even in, in the episode previews, <laughs> they throw in the taglines of all of the Gundam shows mm-hmm. that came before, and they change each episode with things like the um, "Who Will Survive" or the "Tears of Time," all of that crazy stuff. Yeah. So. It's a lot of fun, and I loved every minute of it. It's exactly what I wanted to see more of from Gunpla Builders, which was so short, being a combined 45 minutes. And it's a very different approach because, you know, that the kid in Gunpla Builders, he was just starting off as a noob, but he pretty quickly developed into a good model builder and um, player. Whereas this one, you have the setup 
that say mm-hmm. is a really good modeler, but a really crappy player. Yeah. And I like that um, <laughs> he doesn't hope and dream for things to just get better, but he recognizes mm-hmm. that he just doesn't have the skill in the area of playing the game and he recognizes that limitation and isn't the usual like sports anime cliche of, you know, or the old Rudy, basically the same cliche. You just hope for it. You can achieve it. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. have Reggie who comes in and fills that goal, that need. Yeah, it's, a, it's also funny the fact that, you know, people realize his talent. Uh, Saizaki wants him to, you know, build him or, or you know, use Say's Gunpla when he battles, and you know he should say it's just like no, I, I got to find somebody that's able to do what the way that I believe in and stuff like that. So, yeah, but also he not, doesn't like that. Sounds like he's too rough. Rough, yeah. Because like, like Gunpla builders, the actual kits get damaged mm-hmm. in the fights, and uh, he doesn't like the way that that guy's so rough and basically doesn't respect the Gunpla. Because you have to respect the Gunpla, just like the chemistry. Respect the gunpla. That's right. <laughs> That's the tagline we have for the our show. episode title. <laughs> so it sets up a go. good uh, dynamic between these two. And uh, I loved all of the cameos of seeing all the mobile suits, even just the ones that we just see as model kits on a shelf and not even in the game. It's fun to see them all. And I got a great laugh out of it. Mm. It was a lot of fun. And I'll give it now. We'll do our ratings for this. Episode. I'll give it uh, three and a half out of five MILFs. So, bro. I would definitely give it um, four out of five uh, destroyed uh, Gyans. Um, this episode hit the ground running, so uh, if anything... Neil? It, 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 it I'd have to give it three, out of, three and a half out of five Gundam Wing Geek Outs. All right, so we'll move on to episode two, The Crimson Cop. So find out that despite this first win, that Reiji is not interested in playing Gunpla Battle. He was just paying back say for helping him with the whole bun situation so say's hopes are dashed mm-hmm. and he wonders how uh like why this guy is so weird and he goes to school and then um <laughs> he's thinking about how he has to complete the build strikes armaments and he'll have to find some way to do it himself and we see that reiji is uh, helping out rinko to pay her back for giving him a meal and a place to stay but he's uh quite bored with the job since there's no customers in the store so at school the mm-hmm. council president yuki comes to talk to uh say and in china and he wants to talk to say in the uh model club where he's the president and talks about the rumors of what say has been building and then uh reiji just shows up at school which he doesn't know what that is and he gets in a fight with a council member a uh guy named uh, gonda who everyone derisively calls a gorilla <laughs> so basically uh reiji takes him down and then they're talking crap and gonda suggests that they you know determine his skills with a gunpla battle match because why not have one in the middle of the school of course makes sense <laughs> Yes. Well, well, what, well, thank you. Uh, thank God for uh, you know ge- over generous parents. Yes. You know, of all the things the school needs, we need the Plasky um, <laughs> you know unit there to have gunpla battles in school. Most of so we have a a random gunpla battle, and then Rawl just reappears out of nowhere to helpfully give China a bunch of exposition about gunpla battle. <laughs> And she keeps wondering who the hell this weird old guy is, which is a very good question to ask. (laughs) Yes. So Gona surprisingly (laughs) 
uh, Harry Ord's gold sumo from turn A, which is very nice to see in animation, something I never thought to see in animation again. And gets beaten down pretty quickly by the build strike. But the battle isn't over yet because Yuki shows up in his heavily customized Zaku Amazing and they briefly fight, but he ends up winning, although we find out in a flashback that he didn't want to keep fighting because the build strike wasn't at its best being incomplete and he wants to face it again when it is complete. Mm -hmm. So that uh, really pisses off Reiji and gives him the incentive to want to keep fighting which makes Say wonder if Yuki did that on purpose to fire up Reiji and get him interested in gunpla battle. So then as the episode comes to a close, uh, Reiji just disappears in a red light right in front of, of Say. Okay. <laughs> so, Nia, what were your thoughts episode two? Well, it, it got a little uh, The show just got better at this point because... You know, <laughs> just all the ridiculousness of it. Let, let's just have a gunpla battle. <laughs> and, of course, it's the same old, like, high school drama, uh, fighting game, uh, kung fu Student movie council. Thing. Student council thing where it's, like, the big, huge, tough oh, guy. Yeah. Oh, I'm the one. And, you know, everybody's all scared of him. And, of course, he gets taken down like nothing. And it was sad, though, to see because, you know, you, you forget how cool the gold sumo was. And it's just like, oh, man, this is this is just so awesome. Why why, why couldn't they fight more? Why couldn't the fight last longer? He did the sumo longer? injustice. He was yeah. the, the sumo. He, he to, did. To borrow did. your phrase about a certain red zaku. <laughs> Yeah, he did. He did. And uh, and then, of course, uh, Yuki comes in with the Zaku Amazing, which I hope they get to a point where they can say like, what the basis of that name is, because that's just kind of funny. <laughs> the Zaku Amazing. Um, and then, of course, it's the same old kung fu movie fighting ape thing. You're not strong enough now. I, don't, I only want to fight you when you're 100% and you're not 100%. So... Um, yeah, it was it was good fun, and of course we get. It also staff. made me think of of Zex also and his ridiculous <laughs> obsession with um yeah with hero you know, handicapped. Yeah, exactly. Take take the arm off. He doesn't have his arm. Take my arm off. It's like, oh god, really? <laughs> Here, pagan, take this new sword. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. Um, and then of course we well, get. Well, he this. is the Yuki is the crimson comet. Course, so it's sort is. of like combining both mess men into one. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> less the, the blonde hair, though. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> then we get the establishment of Mr. Raw just showing up at no time <laughs> being the old explanation lady or actually explanation man. And the fact that China's just sitting there the whole time, it probably would about three or four seeds where she's just like, who is this old guy? <laughs> Which you know, when you're when you're in middle school and some random old guy appears in your gym, that's a very valid question to be asking yourself. Stranger danger. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're just sitting there and you're like, Oh my gosh. But um Yeah, does, just... he have, does he have some like alert on his phone that like whenever there's a gun plot battle, like like Plasky particles are detected, he just shows up well, and starts narrating things. He's got the, he's got the, you know, it's the Plasky Force. There's a disturbance in the Plasky. There's a battle going on in the Plasky Force. I must be there. Oh, Play wait. with me, boy. <laughs> Play with me, boy. <laughs> you excite me. 
<laughs> but um, <laughs> probably <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing about this is as ridiculous and as goofy it is on the surface, it's just good fun. And it really kind of fleshes everything out. And, of course, it establishes all of the competition tropes that we want when it comes to uh, Yuki's place. Reiji wanting to, you know, getting bested, but then wanting to, you know, now take down Yuki. And, uh, of course, uh, Mr. Gorilla there being, you know... N- not much of a not not much of a distraction when it comes to things. Just uh, all bark, no bite. So, um, but yeah, back to you, Chris Silver. I know that you love uh, your sports MA, So, how did you take this episode down? <clears throat> oh, I soaked it in like a sponge, man. Oh, holy god! Um, I, I just see a lot of uh, a lot of similar beats to another uh, sports anime I enjoy called uh, Hajime no Ippo. And so we get introduced to the character that's a lot like uh, the the one of the main rivals in that series named Miyata. Uh, and that's Yuki. Yuki is uh he's got everything going for him. He's handsome. The ladies love him. He's loaded. And has that and quirk where he, so he pushes his hair back when he's getting serious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's like a hallelujah, man. Uh, without the bipolar disorder. <laughs> exactly. He's just uh he's uh, he gets down to business when he gets into the uh the simulated uh cockpit. Yeah, he, he's he's a he's an interesting guy, man. He seems to be the gunpla godfather at the school too. No one can bring gunpla into the school unless you're part of the club. <laughs> You got to be part of the gunpla mafia there, and uh, he, his main enforcer Gonda, uh, he got shown the door uh, by by old Reiji uh, when Reiji finally came to the school after finding out what school is. Um, that blew my mind when <laughs> when Rinko had to tell him, "I'm watching, I'm watching the show," and Rinko has to explain to him what school is, and I'm sitting there, I was like, "Don't explain to him what school is. Send his ass to school to find out." So he eventually goes, and then he has that run in with Gonda. And puts Gonda in the, much. Um, the walls of Jericho. Yeah, he pretty much does put him <laughs> in the walls of Jericho. <laughs> the heavy diet. Um, and then eventually they, they have the inevitable fight in the, um, was it level five? The, the <laughs> shitty, as the, as, as oh, yeah, the like computer says. Yeah, like in other episode. His, uh, his glorious English. For, um, for the desert. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't see any desserts around. Are they going to fight with like ice cream mm-hmm. sundaes? That that would probably be where Bear Guy would be at. It would be the dessert level. Oh man, that's that seems to be the practice stage for old uh for for uh for say to go to. But um yeah, the city was an interesting uh locale for the fight, especially since it's in a colony. And when they factor in the uh, the vacuum of space when they blow a hole, that in, actually was uh, a really cool concept. The, the way that the, changed the, street, the, the yeah, battlefield. The that yes, yes, that was that was it was something I was hoping to see, and sure enough, it did. And um. Say and uh, Reiji had to get adapt. They had they had to adapt to that environment, and they did pretty well, especially fighting uh. against the old sumo. Uh, they, it they sort of reminds me of and, and you would probably shown the door. on this soul, bro, <laughs> How in some like uh, fighting games, uh, like mm-hmm. for example, say Dead or Alive, where when you knock somebody out of a certain part. Yeah of the battlefield that it moves and continues in the new place and the background changes and things are different. Yeah, interactables. Yes. Um, a, lot, a lot of other fighting games nowadays have that too, like the most recent um, JoJo fighting game and Injustice. They have situations that change the dynamic of the stage and, and then you have to adapt to it, otherwise you're going you're gonna to take a beating. <laughs> and um, this series has that too, so it tickled me pink to see that. Outside of that, uh, Mr. Raw, man, he's so suspect. <laughs> Just showing up all of a sudden, and plus he's got his eyes on Rinko too. Well, who wouldn't? Um, they yeah, established that earlier in the episode. Uh, oh yeah, who who wouldn't? Man, she is she is milf central. There's there's no question there, and I don't know why 
his dad yes. is gone. I, I guess his dad is gone promoting Gunpla around the world. But it's like, dude, why would you ever with, leave with, that, a, with a wife like that? I'd be like, <laughs> son, you're a Get man your now. You're in home. charge of the shop, honey. You're 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 coming with me. <laughs> I'm sending you out, boy. <laughs> Need to be working yeah, on having have a whole staff kids, at man. the store. <laughs> No doubt, fully fully employed, man. That's a family. That's a family dynasty right there. But yeah, it was an awesome episode, man. The fight was definitely the the icing on the cake. But overall, it was it was it was an amazing watch, especially with uh, the the mysterious disappearance of Reiji at the end. Um, I I, I now coined this kid anime Tyler Durden. Except everybody could see him. So I don't know exactly what his story is yet, but um, it was a nice way to close the episode out. And I'm sure they'll reveal it in time. And I'm just enjoying the ride. But yeah, it was a it was a nice way to end it with that right. little Neo, your thought. So um, great up. It's for me. Right. The highlight of this episode, even though it was very short, was seeing the sumo again, because again, that was 14 years ago that we saw that in animation. And even though it got besmirched, it was still it fun awesome. to see it moving around, even though it had a dumbass pilot. But it looked awesome. But it looked it, awesome. It looked so around. awesome <laughs> when it first appeared. You know, when they do yep. that transition into the this, you know, from the the launching bay into the city. Oh, it just looked amazing. I was like, oh, it did. It was so cool to see it in, in all of its uh, all of its turn a glory. Yeah. So that was fun. And then mm-hmm. previously mentioned the evolving battlefield. The Zach amazing jumping in the fired up rival. Um, Reiji's craziness weirding out even Rinko yeah. when he's asking her what school is and just uh, that whole scene where he's just so bored at the store and she's trying to explain to him that they don't have any customers. Yeah, because they're in a neighborhood. Really. Which was, yeah. yeah they, they picked the wrong location. So there's a lot of fun continuation of everything from the first episode and establishing that now they are the team that's going to be competing in the championships and of course we have the uh the love interest in the form of china who is um say's class representative and in the typical sports cliche i love how uh Mm -hmm. gonda was the big time enforcer guy who had a really loud bark but a very soft bite yeah yeah and how everyone just kept calling him a gorilla and it kept pissing him off even more but he looks like a gorilla so like if yeah, the shoe I mean, fits it really can't can be mean, it can't be it can't be denied <laughs> in terms of ratings i will give this episode three and a half out of five besmirched sumos oh man not the best Neo, your your rating yeah i'm gonna give it uh <laughs> four out of five bullies put in their place i.e gorillas put in their place so it was consistent with the first step to me. So uh, I would give it four out of right. five disappearing Reiji's. We three, move on to episode two, three, full one. package, where <laughs> Reiji uses the build strike in a battle against Rawl's goof. And of course, he wins, to which Rawl follows up with uh, paraphrasing a very classic line that <laughs> Reiji didn't win because of his own strength, but because of that of Say's gunpla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I about fell over when I heard that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, if you look at the goof that Raw uses, it's really old looking. That's because yeah. he's using one of the ancient kits from the first run mm-hmm. of MSG. Yeah. Since he's that old school. Yeah. 
So Say takes oh, yeah. Reiji aside and basically is like, what the hell are you? To which Reiji gives him some <laughs> Kakanami story illustrated with cartoon drawings that he's a prince from another world in the land of Aryan. And one day while adventuring, he found a treasure that lets him travel to other worlds. And uh, that's how uh, he came to Earth and why he doesn't understand anything about Earth. And of course, Say doesn't believe it at all, but I think it's so ridiculous that it, it's probably the truth. I think so, too. <laughs> I unless, honestly do. Unless they want to go for some, like, deeply explanation that um, Say's world is some Matrix-like fake video game and Reiji is from the out, the real outside. Mm-hmm. But, even, but even then, yeah, Reiji would know what school and soda and, and buying stuff from a store is. So I don't know. I think he might just be a clueless weirdo from some other world. Yeah. I, I would agree with that one. Yeah. Sometimes a cake is just a cake and a cigar is just a cigar. Pretty much. Yeah, I think so. So with their first match... In the Japanese qualifiers coming up, Sei gets to work on completing the Build Strikes weapons while Reiji has a nighttime rendezvous with Rawl, <laughs> who takes Maybe him boy. Come drink with me, boy. <laughs> to a bar full of a bunch of Zeon and Zanskari fanboys in uniform. And Rawl explains that uh, while Gunpla Battle be a sensation across the world because of its gameplay, there is still the very hardcore devoted Gundam fandom that's been around for decades. We knew it when it was first, before it was popular. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So, in yet another sports-type <laughs> cliche, uh, Reiji decides that he wants to take on all of these fanboys with the weakest Gunpla in their selection, which is, of course, a ball. And he starts whooping them, and they're all yes. using obscure suits, including even more turn A stuff yeah. and some more victory stuff. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he decides to take them all on, five on one, and they start to overwhelm him, but then he gets saved at the last second by the Wing Gundam Fennis that is piloted by Riccardo Fellini, the Italian Gunpla championship champion. So say he's been distracted at school, working so hard on the weapons for the build strike, which she's explaining to China and she doesn't really understand at all. <laughs> she's just sitting there smiling the whole time. <laughs> she's, just, she's just sitting there smiling because she's got the hots for say and is just listening to whatever the hell he's babbling about. Yeah. And he finally completes the full package, which uh, basically is a docking fighter that combines with the build strike, just like a striker pack on the good old original strike. So come the day... Of the battle, Reiji is nowhere to be found, and Sei starts to wonder what's happening until at the last second, Reiji arrives with all of his fingers bandaged up and uses the build strike full package in its first battle against a good old uh, Hambrabi from Zeta, which he promptly destroys with one blast from his beam rifle. Yeah. And then we discover that uh, Fellini's hands are similarly bandaged because Reiji made him fight 200 straight battles over the course of the night. It is. crazy. (laughs) And of course, with some more fights in the background that are being TV and from characters like Sazaki, who returns and wins with his Gion and makes uh, a completely Makuve reference that uh, with this Gunpla, he can fight for 10 years. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
No, nice. Not that. It's not that good of a kit, dude. You're way oh. overestimating your skills. If you seriously think that. And that mobile suit. <laughs> and that mobile suit, in, indeed. So, Silver, what were your thoughts on episode three? I thought it was a fun ep- um, I, I the, the the fact that Rawl takes him to the Zeon bar. And they call him Lieutenant the Rawl. bar is the highlight of the episode. They call him, they say, play with us, Mr. Lieutenant. Uh, play with us, Mr. Rawl. Those Lieutenant guys Rawl. look like <laughs> Rawl's <laughs> men. Yeah. One, one was Clam. Yeah, they do. One they look like Rawl's exactly men. Close. I was like, they've been resurrected. Exactly, yeah, look like Clam. Like, right? Oh my god! And that bar looks just like the bar that they found Char in. That's right. That's right. That was the hot spot, man. It was the underground, and then, quiet joint. And that, then when um, Fellini you, you shows you up, it harkens back notice, to man. the G Gundam first episode where um, he's in the bar with um, that that dude from starting shit. Yeah. Have you seen this guy? Yeah. That's, that's right. That's oh my god! Wow, I didn't even realize that's. Well, fantastic. I don't know if it's intentional there, a, or not, but it's a reference to it, that. But it just works episode. out that way. It just. I didn't think it out, may not be, but you, you got a good point. Yeah, it is it, similar. No, you're Gundam. No, your role, guys. Yeah, no, you're Gundam. It is it thematically so. <laughs> I know your role. <laughs> Especially you, Chris. No, just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, when he takes him down there. <laughs> He takes them down there, and um, they, they of course they get their gun, they get their gunpla battles on, and um, they have all these uh, suits for for rental, and he picks, well, he didn't picks pick the it. ball. He, just, he said, "I want the weakest." Not, I, I guess he picks it. I want the weakest one you got. And, and, and honestly, I want the weakest one. And honestly, so, guys, how many of yeah. you guys, him, both of you, did you immediately when he said, "I want the weakest thing here," did you immediately go to the ball? Because I kind of did. I was like, "I bet there's a ball there." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was thinking either a ball or. Or a Leo, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, because yes. the, the Leo is basically the same as the Then the Leo would be just next just in line, just with arms. And unless, yeah. unless you're one of the wing yeah, the boys, Leo, yeah. the that's invincible. <laughs> even the GMs are, are more respectable. <laughs> GMs even even a Genoa is more uh, useful than, cool than, than a Leo. But if you're not a named character, if you're not a main character, damn it. Very true, but it was it was awesome that he took him on in the ball, and the fact that he learned, he respected, um, he even learned more of appreciation for Say and his model building, because when he piloted the ball, he felt how clunky it was, and it wasn't so you know responsive and and as smooth as piloting uh, the strike that 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 Say built. So he he kind of gained a, a newfound respect for Say and his abilities uh, when he had to fight with other people's mo- uh, gunpla. So um, that was that was a defining moment for Ray right there and then of course Fellini walks in and that guy's just smoothness defined and um he's got a green wing gundam um before that we just seen gun wing gundams getting destroyed left and right in this show <laughs> and finally you get one that's pretty badass voiced by, by mr by bushido also. himself yeah. the vespa riding yeah that's right that's right mr bushido yes. and isn't he uh isn't that also the voice of alto as well yeah um he's he's a pretty awesome character to be introduced uh, in this way and um he pilots a pretty cool wing he makes the wing look cool so i gotta give him props for that but great episode um it was the the fight at the end uh, also was pretty good especially when um reiji finally shows up at the last minute when say thinks all is lost <laughs> reiji shows up with those bandages on his hands and realizes that uh you know this is this is definitely uh a partner he can count on um and, and now seiji is i mean ray reiji is uh 
taking this more per, um, seriously as well. So this whole episode was a, a good episode and uh, um, uh, one that is important, I guess, for the development of Raging. All right, so, Neo. So I, well, of I course, it. all the stuff in the, the bar is cool. But, you know, some of the other things that I liked is uh, we get to see some of the um, the Gunpla battles uh, as Say is waiting for Raging to show up. And we, mm-hmm. we see Yuki. He's He, uh, unfortunately, is fighting um, one of the Zaku gun or Zaku warriors. And he be- defeats a pretty uh, handily, but uh, he's kind of like, oh, it's, it's such a shame to sit here and destroy such a beautiful Zaku warrior. <laughs> so he, he kind of just puts an end to it in, in kind of a, a, a nondescript way. And, um, you know, so, uh, yeah, we, we get to see kind of some of the other, um, you know, some of the other players kind of slowly filtering in. And then, of course, you have uh, that little conversation with... Um, um, uh, Yuki in China about she's wondering why you know everybody puts all this time and effort in these things and then goes out and battles with these things and, and why are uh, you know and they can get destroyed and uh, you know he's just saying um, you know he's basically saying it's because they want to make sure to show everybody that theirs is the strongest and the best so you know it's kind of it's kind of those little things it's kind of bringing it all out and um, you Hulk know, really is kinda... strongest there is <laughs> pretty much pretty much and and um, yeah, and and isn't this where um, when they break out the beam rifle of the build strike? Is it Yuki that notices? Oh, it's so smooth because they used uh, metal inside the barrel. Beginning of the, of the uh, uh, next episode. Okay, I'm sorry. Then I'm You're gonna jumping ahead. Then that's no problem. Oh, sorry, yeah. I soul broke it. So, but other than that, <laughs> uh, good fun episode. Back to you, Chris. There you go. All right. Well, so definitely loaded up many more mobile suit cameos than the second episode. Fun to see. You had stuff from MSV that's never been animated. You had Blue Destiny. Oh, yeah. Numbers one and three. And, you know, it was crazy how number three was weirdly customized that it was a 144 scale kit with jumbo sized arms from a bigger scale kit. Yeah. Which had weird. the effect of being like sort of like super boxing right. arms. Yeah. <laughs> like those look like they came from maybe like a mm-hmm. master grade, but were slapped onto a 144, 144 scale. Yeah. It's just so odd, but clearly it worked. And I like how. In alternating between quick flashes of other matches and the main match between the main characters, that it's sort of the same approach that G Gundam took once they moved to Hong Kong. And maybe you'd open an episode with, uh, you know, two Gundams fighting for like five seconds just to remind you that, hey, there's other battles mm-hmm. aside from just Domon and the Shuffle League. Yeah. So I think that's exactly the right approach to show people exactly. that there is a broader tournament going on aside from just Say and Reiji. Yeah. So just I also liked <laughs> Rawl's explanation to Reiji about how the Gunpla battle game became very popular around the world, that in Japan there's still that ultra-hardcore Gundam audience that loves Gundam and has for many decades, and... You know, a bar full of cosplayers dressing up as Xeon fanboys, that's not out of the ordinary. That's that's a real thing. That's a real deal there, yeah. Yeah. And great mobile suit cameos, again. You know, stuff that's never been seen in animation and never will be again after this, probably. And... I like the the way they introduce mm-hmm. Fellini into the series as sort of a, a rival for Reiji who helps him train. Yet another sports cliche. Yeah. And uh, the the debut of the full package, which is pretty cool looking, and uh, took down the Hambrabi, which did not have Yazan's uh, violating powers. No, not at all. <laughs> so Neo, your rating for episode three. 
I'd have to give it three, three and a half. Play with me, boys. Out of five. Okay, Sobro. <laughs> Uh, I'll give it a, uh, it, it was consistently solid uh, like the other two episodes. Uh, I will continue to give it a uh, four, uh, four it's Vespas with sidecars out of five. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Now Never seen have. that until this show. <laughs> three and a half out of five crayon backstories. Nothing like there a good old go. crayon backstory. <laughs> Episode four, Gunpla Idol Kirara, where we see... The very quick second battle between the full package and a Marasai that is piloted by two losers who look suspiciously like two losers who piloted the Marasai and Zeta Gundam, and that could be none other than uh, Jared and Kakrakon. Oh my god, they're back. I missed them. And they're in the, they're the, they're in the terrible uh, Titans outfits, too. <laughs> yeah. And they lose so quickly without avenging anybody. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. (laughs) So we then see these uh, two scientist types who are doing an evaluation of the full package and notice some features like, for example, the metal lining in the barrel of the beam rifle. Mm -hmm. And we find out that they're connected to Kirara, the gum idol, who looks uh, sort of like a weird cross and Cheryl Gnome. Yeah, pretty much. And over at the hobby shop, uh, Rinko calls Say for help because a customer is looking for something that she doesn't understand. So Say comes and talks to this uh, cute, busty girl who says that she wants um, the GM Cold Districts type from 0080. (laughs) And then the two of them start um, fangirling together about uh, 0080 suits. And Say is super excited that he's talking to someone so nerdy about Gundam and that happens to be a girl. Yeah. But unknowingly, this creates some problems for China, who has come to uh, hang out with Say and um, build a model kit that he helped her find. And when she sees him talking to the cute busty girl, then she uh, wanders off because she gets nervous, mm-hmm. thinking she's got some competition. So later on uh, his way home from school... She's trying to talk to him again, but then uh, the cute, busty girl, Mihoshi, shows up once more to talk to Say, and they're sitting down in a park and talking about Gunpla, and she asks him to show her the build strike, which he does, and uh, he drinks some tea that he gives her, that she gives him, and suddenly has, um, you know, an explosive need to go to the bathroom. (laughs) I wonder why. Why indeed? So the next battle is about to begin and China's wondering if she should go in and is kind of about to not go in. But Rawl magically <laughs> appears and drags her in with him. <laughs> <laughs> and Reiji is basically talking big about how it's going to be so easy beating all these guys now that they have the full package. And Yuki warns them not to get overconfident because their opponent has their next opponent has won the first two matches by default. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we're introduced Kira- to Kirara, who is so sort of off kilter that both Say and Reiji don't know what to make of her. So we've got a battle that begins with the full package and her customized pink Gerbera Tetra. Good old GP04 that is not from 0083. So battle starts to go pretty badly for Saiyan Reiji immediately because one of the build strikes arms and legs fall off. Oh, damn. 
Oops. out of nowhere and say looks and the parts and sees that they've been scratched up and he puts two and two together and realizes that Mihoshi is Kirara and that she approached him knowing they'd be her next opponent and she manipulated them manipulated him so that she could sabotage his gunpla so now they're fighting at a disadvantage because she's got a kit in perfect working order and the basically hobbling around trying to hold itself up on the tops of buildings <laughs> yeah that was funny not, not a good position to be in not at all no so sort of they're having a gundam philosophical conversation like oh but you how could you how could you uh you know fight like this and dishonor your gunpla and she's like whatever i i don't know gundam i yeah. i'm my agency told me to be an akiba style idol and i watched all of these things i don't understand and built all these gunpla and i'm just gonna do whatever it takes to become famous and i didn't even make this kid it was made by some fans who you know, I gave pictures to and blah, blah, blah. So in response to that, uh, Say decides to use the full packages gimmick and detaches the build booster, which transforms into an autonomous fighter that uses its cannons to completely destroy her Gibera Tetra and win the battle. And then uh, the sort of love triangle is resolved when Say makes it clear to China that she's just a customer and asks her if she wants to uh, come to the store with him to build her gunpla. Oh. But then we get a mysterious uh, Marvel-like post credit scene oh, yeah. where some guy named Alan shows up and tells Yuki that uh, the master is sick and that he's come to get him and to get him to abandon his name. Whatever that means. Yeah. yeah. So, Neo, your thoughts on this episode? It's a pretty good episode. Uh, you know, I know uh, Solbro had mentioned prior to this, he had heard some people say that it's um, the worst one. It's it's not the strongest of all the episodes, but I thought it was kind of good in a lot of ways. And it shows that it shows a side of people getting into a hobby or a sport for the specific reason of just becoming famous. I thought that was pretty interesting where, you know, this uh, Kirara is so uh, set on being famous that her talent agency saying, hey, you know, you can be uh, an idol singer for, you know, Gundam and all you got to do is learn about all this stuff and that she, you know, she knows all this stuff, but she's just doing it just for the basis of becoming uh, famous just for the sake of being famous as opposed to, say, who just wants to be known as the best builder and actually just win the tournament because he, um, you know, he's uh, interested in this. Uh, it also shows you why most sports coaches tell their players not to have sex or be around their women before big games because you uh, lose yourself like poor um, they say did. I mean, you got you can't feel too you can't be on him too bad. I mean, he's just a middle school kid and you know a pair of nice knockers that aren't your mom's uh, comes giving you some. Uh, attention and is talking spitting out game about um mechas from a uh, mobile suits double from, 080 uh, double <laughs> 080 i, I think i i, I could kind of understand where he kind of lost himself a little bit mm-hmm. but then for a guy that was so protective of his models the fact that he you know it's like i gotta go to the bathroom and even though the fact that he you know she poisoned him or whatever she did um if that was even the case um you know, the fact that he just completely loses himself at that moment because you would never think up until this point that he would leave his models out for anybody. Mm-hmm. and uh, be alone so and then of course we see that she's going to do whatever it takes to uh to win and uh, it shows you 
you know, and of course, like you said, you have that little back and forth, the, the typical Gundam back and forth, which I thought was kind of funny. It's like, it's a Gundam show, but it's not. But then we're going to give you these little things of where we're going to have the typical, you know, banter between the foes as they're battling each other um, <laughs> about, you know, integrity and, and what they really want. And, and you know, they're, they're really not like this. They could be a better person. And, and um, you know, we see that the, you know, even though the strike, uh, the build strike is, you know, it's 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 damaged. Uh, Ragey and Say are able to sit there and um, you know score a win. Unfortunately for them, you can definitely tell they did not want to reveal the backpack, uh, the autonomous backpack maneuver that early. But hey, what are you going to do? Because if you lose well, that match, a celestial being now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm talking about I'm talking about on a, on a strategy way wise though for you know as as fight you know as they're going through a tournament. I mean if. If you don't have to show one of your best moves that early, then you're not going to do it. But they had to so they could advance on. So, yeah, that's what I was saying. But, yeah, it's uh, and then, of course, at the end, you know, um, the whole thing with China, everything gets rectified there. She, he's still pretty much in the friend zone with her. But, I mean, at least they gave her hope. Uh, oh, you know, one of these days things will change. And then, of course, the weirdness at the end with uh with uh, Alan saying the master's sick and you, you got to come back and give up your name. And, you know, that, that, that harkens back to all those uh, fighting and Kung Fu and, you know, movies and stuff like that. The master always gets sick. So you always got to go back home oh, yeah. to, to see him before he dies. So, but, uh, you know, pretty good stuff though. Well, the moral of this story is you never trust Boy, me. Me. As, uh, Bill Bill DeVoe had said years and years ago. She's Wise words, man. <laughs> this uh, this episode uh, it it, it, it it's a really the fame the fame for all episode. It, it you knew it was gonna happen in this series one one time or another, and uh, it finally came around in episode four. So I can understand if some people thought this episode was you know a bit paint by numbers, but I, I found it entertaining. You have uh, Mihoshi who looks mysteriously a little bit like uh, Marita Cruz when she's uh walking about town in her civvies. Uh, not being, uh, I think it's that hat, the, the the hat that does it. Yeah, it does it yeah. right. It, that that the, that accents everything. But um, yeah, it it was it was a cool app. Um, I I liked how she got kind of under his skin coming into the store, kind of being a, a double agent and um, bringing up you know an obscure uh series of Gundam being 0080 and and saying that she likes to, the the GMs from that series. That's that was a quick way to his heart. Although and later on he reveals that you know I wasn't in love with her or you know I wasn't you know I, I didn't see her like that. I just saw her as another gundam fan that uh that i thought was cool when he explains it to uh china but i, I didn't believe that for a second <laughs> he's at that age where he has these feelings he can't understand no, so, i think uh, i think he's simple-minded about this like yeah here's here's a gundam fan and you know he was even saying at the end like maybe i can teach her the joys of gunpla and <laughs> from like the way she's crying Reggie's like no nah, I, don't, I don't think so oh <laughs> hey he's, he's he's a little bit of an idealist yeah, he he's a hoper and dreamer, one might say. Oh my oh. gosh! Well, well then, then he's then then he's uh, I guess we are of like mind. But uh, <laughs> the um, I, I gotta say that it was a little suspect to see Rawl just show up uh at, at, in front of the park bathrooms. I've, I've listened to enough Kevin Smith to know that that's never a good thing. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. <laughs> 
when, when I saw that last night, I tripped out. <laughs> but uh, it was still good to see him. He's he's still he's still an entertaining character, and it's just great to see Rambo Roll get resurrected in a series like this. I think uh, at this point, he's had like he's getting close to having screen time as a joke character yeah. than when he was actually Rambo Roll on MSG. Yeah, he's gonna after like an episode or two more. Unless he dies, he's gonna surpass. <laughs> he's gonna surpass his previous incarnation. And, and you know what I noticed? It's conspicuously absent right now. Mm-hmm. Is we have him. We had the bar where all his guys are there. Where's Almond? Yeah, that's what I was actually bringing up when I was watching it. It's like I, I hope that they actually introduce. Uh, if he has a wife, they introduce his wife. Or and she looks not like even. Well, Almond. not even that. I don't. I, maybe even if down the road, it's uh, you know he meets her somewhere. That'd be funny. That would. Be I, awesome. I could see. I could see that being a little bit more because you kind of tell. He yeah, meets her in the think... shop and they fall in love at first sight. Oh, yeah, man. that'd be hilarious. Because they're both reaching for the last uh, Zanzibar ship kit. <laughs> It's on clearance. <laughs> fantastic, man! I, I I hope they uh they they do him a solid and hook him up. I'm sure can, they, I'm sure they will. Because he can't be looking in those uh in those park bathrooms for 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 a suitable for a suitable missus, man. No, that's <laughs> um, that's that's where you're looking for other things, not not for you know a wife. Indeed, yeah. indeed. And it, and it ain't happening with Rinko, so <laughs> you know that that ain't happening. The Jared and Capricorn uh, cameo was outstanding. It's at the very beginning of the episode. And also, I guess the last episode, I forgot to mention that they started introducing Stingers um, to the show. The, I think the one in the last episode was when um, China walked into the store with her little brother looking for uh, Gunpla to buy. And um, she also asked, say, um, what's a good Gunpla for girls? And that's where it kind of ends. But this one, there's a real stinger where, as Chris mentioned, Yuki gets approached by Alan and finds out that the master is sick. So it's another little thing from Double O that I thought was really cool that um, they're starting to introduce in this series. Uh, keep those stingers going. I, I love Well, they, they had those since episode one. Really? There was a stinger? Man. <laughs> yeah, the stinger was that Say can't find Reiji anywhere. And that's when he gets right. home, Reiji's eating his dinner. It, it seemed to me a pretty fluid because the credit sequence wasn't like a, a regular credit sequence. It was it was just continuous with him running all over town. So you're right though that is the stinger because it's post credits. So um, I guess it's been there from the beginning. It has. You just, but, um, just missed it as silly, usual. Yeah. Silly me. I I, I, I soul broed it up again. Yes. But um, speaking of soul broing it up, uh, Carrara is definitely SBR's woman. Apparently, the first soul bros woman. So I got I now get to put that on the mantle. And uh, that does not make me happy. But and, and you know, <laughs> this is the road that that waits for you when you outsource your gunpla. Nice. <laughs> Embarrassed and failure. Oh my gosh! Well, that's a lesson yeah. to be learned. Lastly, uh, the sky grasper maneuver was off the chain. I knew they would find a way to get out of that uh, that that sticky wicket that they were in against uh, Carrara, and um, it was cool to see the uh, L pack transform into uh the old sky grasper and uh and show her what was up so um shout outs to mula flaga on that one and uh that that's pretty much my thoughts on the episode all right well it's no surprise that there'd be someone eventually out there who's cheating and it's mentioned that uh you know her first she won by default so clearly some funky thing was going on there if she knew who her opponents were in advance maybe she found some of these otaku did a little jiggle of the boobs little shake of the butt and get them to quit or some other kind of way just to be dirty. And then with Say, of course, we saw that um, it's no coincidence that she gave him 
a bottle of tea and then he instantly had the runs afterwards. So I think it's pretty clear that she poisoned him so that she could get the gum plot by itself and then sabotage it. Or as William Shatter might say, sabotage, 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 sabotage. So, and it's also no surprise that someone would latch on to something that's popular in an attempt to write its code trails and use that to boost their own profile, which sadly does not work for Kirara, but I'm pretty sure we'll probably be seeing her again. Mm-hmm. I would imagine. <clears throat> so, ratings for this episode. Neo. I'm going to give it uh, three and a half missing Al airplane sweaters out of five. I, I, will, uh, I will give it uh, <laughs> missing airplane sweaters. Well, because they just referenced War in the Pocket. They did, it, right? <laughs> His his little uh, airplane shirt or those great little shorts. Or actually, I'm sorry. I, I will dedicate this one to Solbro. Uh-huh. Three and a half young Asian boys out of five. God you dang stole it. it. I was going to oh. use that one. Damn sorry. it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> sorry. Oh. Sorry about that. That was just... I had the little... Bling. So... Nice. All right. Uh, uh, Solbro. I will... <laughs> <laughs> I will give it um this episode since it, it wasn't as uh it, it, to me it wasn't it's slightly a little uh less. Just good give it something. Stop. I'll, I'll, stop I'm, qualifying it. Just give the I'll goddamn give it rating. Well, damn you guys. Damn you. Uh, three three and a half <laughs> sky grasper maneuvers out of five. There you go. All right. Well, definitely definitely amuse me with things like uh, Jared and Capricorn cameos and seeing a Justice Gundam get destroyed like a chump. So I will give this episode three and a half out of five symbolicers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There you go. There you go. And that brings us to the final episode of this roundup, episode five, The Strongest Builder, in which we start with a young boy named Mao who is hitchhiking in a truck with some guy and payment builds him a ginormous Kshatriya kit. Ooh. So we have Say and Reiji getting ready for their next battle and recovering from all of the damage that was done to the build strike. And Say is kind of um, in the dumps because he saw that in the previous battle of Yuki's that his Zaku Amazing had been tuned up more from the first time. And he's pretty sure that by the time they face him, it's going to be tuned up even more beyond that. And Reggie's telling me to uh, just deal with it mm-hmm. and fix things up for him. And he runs off to go do his own thing. And in doing his own thing involves cock-blocking Fellini, who's trying to use a Victory Gundam kit to pick up some hot woman at a cafe. <laughs> like he was sending her a bottle of wine or some fancy dish. Yeah, uh, nice. I'll buy that. I, I'll buy that woman over there a Victory Gundam. <laughs> Put on my tail. Yeah. Great for seeing the Victory Gundam again because, you know, it's been 20 years since the show aired, but definitely in the most unexpected way. So given that he's been freshly cock-blocked uh, by Reiji, Reiji suggests, hey, let's, let's go fight. Yeah, screw it. <laughs> and they end up fighting in a, uh, a desert, one might say. Desert. <laughs> or desert. Some, some call it de- desert. Some call it desert. Yes. I still I mean, didn't see any, any chocolate sundaes. No. Oh, well. 
So the the victory Gundam gets used by Reiji and uh, not performing so well against the Wing Gundam Fennis, which for you eagle-eyed viewers, when you see it, um, the long pans showing it and uh, it's facelifting up for the camera, direct homage to the opening sequence from Wing. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yep. Like pretty much shot for shot. Yep. So that's a cool thing. And Say is hanging out with China and they go to her dad's restaurant where Mao is there trying to pay for his food with an extreme gun to model kit. <laughs> and her dad is trying to explain that you, you can't pay for food with gunpla. <laughs> Why not? If only the world was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So they take care of it, and while they're walking, um, Matt explains who he is and discovers that uh, Say is the person he's looking for and, and introduces himself as Say's lifelong rival now mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and tells of how um, he comes from the uh, Gumpla Shingyo school and has a totally generic old martial arts master. <laughs> Who tells him that he needs to go out and train his skills more and find other builders. Hell yes. In a complete martial arts film cliche. Yes. <laughs> I've taught you all that I can here. You must go out in the world and test your abilities against those. Yes. Like and he's, you. of course, an old sick master, too. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> who, who was, like, coughing up. The only thing that he was missing was blood coughing disease. Oh, yep. no. And it looks, like, uh, it looks like they're the last in the line. Of these of of this school too, because you just see the two of them. So yes. <laughs> so they go back to the model shop, and Mao is impressed somewhat with the quality of the kits, but uh, he doesn't think that they're very imaginative. What Say has built, Say is like, well, this stuff, these are just samples. This ain't my my real stuff. Mm. So they then proceed to have a Western style standoff with a plastic bag blowing by in place of a tumbleweed yes. and they draw <laughs> draw their kits out of their uh, belt holsters mm-hmm. and then engage in a weird yeah. imagination battle in their heads where they are be- apparently both interact and we see Say piloting the build strike and wearing uh, an Earth Alliance normal suit while Mao is piloting the customized Gundam X Mao and dressed as Garrett Ran. Hell yes. <laughs> I lost my shit. That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and 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 basically and says in Kira's normal suit. He's mm-hmm. he's he's even doing all the mannerisms that they used to have Kira do in the cockpit. <laughs> yeah. And 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 in the and what makes it even better is inside the cockpits they're freaking redone as they were in those shows. I mean, yes, it's just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Say discovers that everyone from the school of Gunpla knows how to have their Gunpla gather and disperse Plasky particles, which is a new thing we haven't seen. Yeah. <laughs> In keeping with uh, the references to Gundam X, Mao dramatically points at the moon being out Hell. and gets the charge from the microwave on the moon and fires the hyper-satellite cannon, which would have destroyed Say, but he knows that he's not really the pilot and that it's Reiji skills taking them to the limit. So suddenly Reiji is the pilot 
and they're about to keep fighting, but then Rawl appears out of nowhere, as always, and <laughs> stops the battle because he says it's too interesting to go on in their imaginations, which how how does he know how, yeah. how I don't understand, but just go with it. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Let it rock. Yeah. <laughs> so realizing that uh, he has much more to learn, Mao leaves and, and we know we're probably going to see him again. And based on uh, that inspiration from having met this kid being such uh, a strong builder, Say comes up with a new enhanced beam rifle, which um, Reiji uses in the next battle to take down a GP-02 in one shot. Yeah. But their excitement is spoiled when it's announced that Yuki has bowed out of his battle, his next battle, which means that Sasaki wins by default. Who is more than happy. More than happy because he knew that he was going to lose that fight. Yeah. And now he gets to live for another Another day. day. That might be the greatest buy of all time. (laughs) And of course, uh, Reiji isn't happy about that at all because... One of the main reasons for him to even be playing the tournament is he wants to get back at Yuki and show him off, show him up. And then we get a post-credit scene where Yuki is standing in front of a uh, big tank full of Plasky particles. So, Neo, your thoughts on episode five? Wow, where do you begin on this one? Uh, It definitely, um, I mean, it's just one thing after another. Of course, like you said earlier, the whole thing with Fellini trying to woo the girl (laughs) with the gun. With the victory gun, it was just hilarious. And then after the fact, it's just like, yeah, let's, I'll just go fight with you, Reiji. And of course, we get, um, you know, this is the the homage to all the kung fu movies where you just have, you know, Mal, the you know the kid that surpassed what his master can taught him, and you you got to go out in the world and you have to apply what you've learned and, and test your skills against others. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> you have that whole dynamic going on the whole time and i sat there when like what you said when they were going through their little uh basically um western standoff in their minds when they break out their their gunpla and when the first is you see say as kira and you're just sitting there like oh my god and then and then you kind of put two to you wait wait a second could 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 this be yeah it is and when when mal is Carried, and I'm just like, oh my god! And the whole thing plays out, even comes out to the whole satellite cannon stuff. So um, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just kind of bonkers. <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> the fact that they're able to sit there and have a imaginary visual battle without seeing each other, it was that was weird. But once again, like we had said earlier, uh, whatever, just go with it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's definitely one of those episodes if you're going to sit there and just pick it apart to see the reality or if any of this makes sense who cares because in the end it was entertaining it was fun and it it, it kind of helped um you know progress progress the story and also um you know add another character that you know you're just going to see down the road 
And uh, yeah, it was interesting to see the uh, Plasky particle move, um, being able to control them because it was definitely something we didn't really know. I mean, our all our only basis up until this point is Plasky particles uh, only interact with the plastic in Gumpla. It sounds like no other no other no other particle or no other material they'll they'll um, interact with. Just the, the Gumpla plastic, which I guess it's some special formula. Um, and <laughs> secret only, sauce, secret sauce, basically in. The only other thing that we knew of them is it created that world and the and gave life in that world, kind of a virtual reality, whatever type of world this is, uh, to uh, Gunpla battles. And we didn't, I never kind of thought you could actually take the particles and use them as part of your fighting maneuver. And we can see that's going to be a precursor to one of these, um, you know, sub boss fights up until the, you know, the championship. I'm sure uh, Mal will. He'll further uh, adapt and mature that technique before it's before he meets uh, Saiya Reiji again, and um, yeah, um, and yeah, of course, the big shocker that uh, Yuki withdrew, uh, much of Sazaki's uh, delight and at uh, Reiji's rage. So uh, definitely gives you the cliffhanger, and you can't wait till next Saturday Hell to yeah. see some more, or next Sunday, <laughs> I mean, uh, to see some more uh, Gunpla Builders episode six. Back to you, Chris. Solbro? Man, uh, all I got to say is, oh, Dios mio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was, that was a great scene with Gunpla pimping with Fellini, man. I'd watch a whole show of that. That shit is amazing. And yet, uh, uh, Reggie, of course, had to come and ruin that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just the fact that he can pimp women with Gunpla is an amazing talent. I, I, he should never stop. I hope he has more moments in the series uh, where he can he manages to pull that off. But, um... Yeah, uh, the battle of the mind, man, between Garrett Mao and Kiriori was fantastic. Uh, when you see when you see the reveal of Mao show up as uh, dressed as Garrett, fan, I just I, I I was so giddy, man. You you should have heard me. I was I was uh, too excited, but um, I, I wanted I, at that point I actually wanted Mao to win. <laughs> <laughs> just for using that suit and using the satellite cannon but of course i knew that uh, uh old uh old say would pull that off but it, this episode is definitely significant because it um it uses one of the oldest tropes in sports anime or sports manga which is the osakan rival not to say that mao is from osaka but he definitely exhibits uh, the appearance of being the country rival well, he, so. he is from that area oh he is from that area so yeah. there he's, you go he's from kansai there you go so but they, there it is right there yeah it says right here he's from uh, old uh, Kyoto, so he's he's from the old world, and uh, he's come to challenge the the uh, I guess his 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 uh, the the son of the uh, one of the the best gunpla builders and fighters there there ever was, and that of course is Say. Uh, I love how they meet, uh, and then they find out exactly who each other is, and then um, <laughs> Mal has to do his little his little reintroduction of himself, and they just walk away from him because they're so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> that's another great moment but um i i was actually informed when i was watching the stream that um masami obari has something to do with the production of this show and he animated the uh, in the first episode from and it's pretty obvious mm-hmm. the um the scene with the rx-78 yes, yes. which you can tell because everything looks like so yeah. muscular in that typical mm-hmm. obari style of course and, and he also had some involvement with the opening. An opening. Well, what, the moment that um, that clued me into that um, as well was the the fight with uh, between Reiji and Fellini when uh, when you see the uh, the Gundam Wing Fennis and it's standing there and you see all the shadows all over it. Um, it looked a lot like Obari style, 
And I I thought that was a a pretty nice uh, send up. But if I don't know if Obari had anything to do with that episode or that particular uh, moment Couldn't in tell the you. episode. But, but it did. Um, it definitely had some more loving animation than the rest of the episode. So it, it did. So he might he might have snuck in and added his touches and snuck out. But it was it was pretty solid. Uh, last but not least, it's amazing that Sasaki is still surviving. He gets a huge break when uh, Yuki is DQ'd and and. I was a little disgusted at that, but that's also another trope sent up to uh, sports anime where the intended rival gets a setback, and it, it makes the audience think whether the uh, the protagonist will ever get to fight that person. You know they will, but um, you, it makes you wonder exactly how that's going to play out. So I like that era of mystery. Um, outside of that, I, I really enjoyed the episode. I'll toss it back to you, Chris. All right. Well, I think this episode had some of the most clever homages, like uh, the aforementioned nod to the wing opening sequence with the the fennis mm-hmm. um throwing in the victory gundam which is great to see that in hd again and in yeah. combat oh yeah after all of these years um the whole like western uh standoff with the plastic bag and these two kids dramatically like about to draw <laughs> <laughs> their gun like if they were going to draw guns and shoot each other um the humor behind uh Fellini's like ill-advised um, pickup attempt. Just the the homages with the Gundam X, and given that Mao's kind of like a country bumpkin and formal, his personality is a lot like Garrett's. So mm-hmm. it's fitting that he would have the Gundam X as a suit, and that he would yeah. imagine himself in Garrett's outfit. Of course, which of course is going to completely go over the heads of the kids watching this show who weren't even born when X was airing. But yeah. hey, it it got to me, and that's all that I care about. Hey, you know, it's a bridge too. Maybe uh, maybe just one of them will go and check out X because of that that whole scene. So you never know. And hey, there there is a master grade Gundam X coming out. Hell so, yes, yep, very soon. So there 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 is a purpose to all of this, <laughs> and that purpose will be fulfilled. Nice merchandising. <laughs> yes, if you couldn't tell from all the commercials. <laughs> And even though it's only there for about two seconds, it was neat to see a green GP02, which is how I imagine it would have been properly repainted as a Xeon suit. That's yep. right. Yep. Instead of staying in those evil Fetty colors. <laughs> and uh, a couple of interesting little bits. Um, <clears throat> just the fact that Mao thinks that you can, you can pay for stuff with Gunpla. <laughs> Which apparently works for hitching a ride all the way from Kyoto, but not for getting some some food. He found Damn. the one. He found the one uh, truck driver that's a gunpla fan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And curious that uh, they chose an extreme Gundam kit to go with, since that's from yeah. the more recent Extreme Versus game. So that was a neat little thing to see. Yeah. And some other humorous elements when uh, say says to China, like, do I do I? weirdos and she's like yeah <laughs> she does <laughs> and they both run off another interesting thing in terms of the whole romance when when mao says he's so jealous that say has a cute girlfriend and one that makes china blush with happiness oh. but two say doesn't correct him no no he, <laughs> he doesn't, doesn't. Yeah. which That's is what you would normally expect like no no she's not my girlfriend she's just uh she's just a classmate he rolls with it. <laughs> he just he just either he's so oblivious that he didn't notice it, mm-hmm. or he sure. specifically let it slip because maybe he's thinking about it. Nice. nice. We'll have, but I enjoyed the episode a lot, and it was good fun. And I was expecting to just have it. 
be the next episode of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And instead, uh, we had some good diversions, you know, say having to uh, get some confidence in building a new weapon to adapt to the situation and Rady just having some more fun at Fellini's expense. And again, it continues that G-Gunnam tradition of seeing battles in the background because even though this battle was only two seconds you see on screen some other battles which feature yeah. satan gundam of all things oh wow yeah i <laughs> From know sd gundam or as they say in japanese satan gundam satan gundam <laughs> yes and the completely obscure butler mobile suit used by george's butler from g gundam oh yeah i know <laughs> knew that was going to show up which given that that was a piece of junk controlled by a steering wheel mm-hmm. it would take some real guts to use a suit like that it would in uh in the gunpla battle to be a low tier player in the gunpla battle man that takes a lot of balls yeah but you know what though you're gonna you're gonna have i, I we're gonna or someone seeing, who's that skilled yeah, yeah we're, we're gonna start seeing we'll probably see a couple of people like that just like when reiji i mean he used the ball you're going to have that same guy that's going to be like, I want to use just the dumbest, most ridiculous mobile suit to win this battle and probably do some damage. I wouldn't be surprised. And how much dumber does it get than a and, suit with no and a steering wheel? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's like fighting a, a, a powerful fighter with a mysterious fighting style. Be able to use like a piece of crap suit to the, the utmost ability and, and, and just be a complete, you know, puzzle the fight i'm looking forward to seeing if someone actually shows up who's like that or fighting someone who who is wearing weights yeah that's deliberately right. to deliberately slow themselves down there yeah, you go too. so i had a lot of fun with this episode and i will give it four out of five is there a moon exclamations oh, man, is there a moon? <laughs> nice um i i'll give it uh i would i would give it a definitely four out of five uh Osaka and rivals out uh, 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 when it comes down to my rating. I'd have to give it uh, four out of five. Uh, we only accept cash here. <laughs> what, what was he thinking? Really? <laughs> no card or no card or gunpla allowed. Just cash, cash only. I guess that's what happens when you have a kid who hitchhikes hitchhikes across the country, <laughs> like it's nothing for him. Um, one last thing I wanted to add is uh, I love how this show represents the different members, I, I guess the different generations of Gundam fans throughout. You can see that Say's a, a, a definite fan of the, the Seed generation of Gundam, as well as Wing, um, but uh, more so Seed since he represents the Strike and his, and his fixation on which suit he builds and then other characters they enjoy a different series. When Rawl brings up the fact that there's been Gundam fans for years and years and years and that he comes from the pretty much the first generation of Gundam fans, it's, it's good to see everybody represented in this show and I, it's a show that everybody can watch and I, i'm digging it so far man it's it's an incredible it's an incredible thing all right any closing comments neil um well first off it's formulaic oh, oh boy yeah because <laughs> that's that's such a bad thing and 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 all other shows aren't but oh man we'll, we'll go beyond that um actually i will say this japan or whoever get on this plasky particle thing because <laughs> once we get that going uh, who cares about PS4, Xbox One, or PC gaming? Because all that shit will be dead. Because seriously, what would be cooler than build your own damn thing and put it in one of these things and battle out? I mean, it's really, in a way, it's a freaking awesome concept. And it, be like and it, Skylanders, what? Disney Infinity, yeah. what? 
Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, 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 it, it's just it's just the fact of it's like with China. We said earlier when she asked Yuki, why do you why do people do this? They put all this time in it. And what would be cooler to sit there and, you know, you can not only build something cool like this, but then you can you can go out and, and fight. And um, it, it would really show, you know, pretty good talent. It'd be freaking awesome. So, um, yeah, somebody get on that because that that'd be freaking awesome. Step it up, Japan. Step it up. Step it up, somebody. I don't care if it's Japan. I don't care what country it is. But my God, you you wouldn't have to worry about people uh, bitching about uh, uh, resolution. You know, seven twenty versus ten eighty. I mean, who cares? It's a freaking model that you can use, and it's like being in it. Like you're actually fighting. So Hell yeah. Now, now, yeah. Neo. Uh, I don't. I don't mean to rain on your parade. And no and robots allowed. Irrational exuberance. But are, are you sure you want to get behind a technology that that gives life to inanimate objects oh <laughs> you sure about that well in this aspect we still control it it's just like a tank or something like that and yes i mean it's not an autonomous ai that's, robot that's what you say but you know mm. then there's the whole mystery of of yuki and that um a gunplot tank, and who and who knows what's going on there with all them plasky particles? There, there could be some shady things going on. You may want to. Uh, we'll have to. We'll want to dial that back a bit. We'll have to see, <laughs> but I can I can honestly say, for what I've seen so far, it does not seem like any robot apocalypse type of things here. Um, now, I guess the problem could be is what if you have one of these. Uh, uh, Plasky generators. I, what are those machines called? They, have they even given them a name yet? Or the, the battle arena things? No. Okay, whatever they are, the Plasky generators. The mm-hmm. only danger we, we could have is if there was a Roomba, you know, <laughs> back in the room that it's in and somehow it gets into that thing. That could be a problem. I, I could see that. But hopefully, the way that those things are set up, you'd have to, the, the Roomba would have to like, climb up the walls and stuff but i, and I don't be know made of gunpla plastic and be made of gunpla plastic yeah so mm-hmm. uh, this this Which some devious person might do they could they could but um death to all roombas <laughs> <laughs> so that, that i know what you're saying and i doesn't mean i haven't thought about it but it's still pretty damn cool okay but uh so yeah. i will say in closing that this show uh, is a lot of fun and it's a yeah. breath of fresh air after age which about which nothing more needs to be said oh <laughs> and one last thing i think i know when age came out they wanted to try to get the younger viewer they should have just gone with this route to begin with and just yeah. pretty much this is gets over age this is the better route to appeal to younger viewers and also entertain the older ones rather than doing another space war story and dragging yeah. out the old msg tropes and lookalikes and to do all the merchandise you want one 25 minute uh commercial <laughs> gunpla commercial and, so. and already five episodes in china better than every female character in age god damn <laughs> you, yeah, you, you know, know it's true hey yeah, man, rico, rico too <laughs> I got. I gotta say. I gotta say. I can't. I can't deny that at all. Sure. Even in just one episode, Kiara accomplishes more than every female character in age. God dang. <laughs> at least she had a motivation. Yes. And and it may you know as as warped and as silly as we may think it is, it wasn't to her, and she had some justification of why she was doing what she was doing instead of just following some idiot aimlessly like that dumb bitch in age. 
Look at it this way, Sobro. Comparatively, mm -hmm. she managed to accomplish more than any of those losers in the Magician's 8. Damn, you, yeah. you, you're right. On top of that, with her character, it's going to be very interesting to see or how she... Gerardo Spriggan. Gerardo Spriggan. <laughs> or even, or, or the other girl that followed um, Z-Heart all around, the, the girl Bram. that... Yeah. Bram. Yeah. I'm going to kill him. I love him. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that that didn't play out all too well. But with uh, with China's character, it's gonna be interesting to see how she gets inducted into all of this. You see that she's slowly gravitating towards. But you know, you know, scene. you know from the end credits from and from the website that she's gonna have the bear guy. So oh, yeah, of course. But it'll be it's it's cool with her character. You get to see how she gets into playing, gets gets into building gunpla and playing the game. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing her development as well throughout the season. Oh, are you making any predictions? <laughs> I, I, Any uh, guarantees? Any guarantees? She'll beat them all with the bear guy. So well, hopefully, she, hopefully she does better than the pilot of the original bear guy. Tell me about it. I will say this. I could probably surmise she will accomplish more in a mobile suit slash mobile armor than Saji Crossroad did. Damn, man. Fudge. <laughs> Chris, would you like to take that bet? Or? I'll take that. I'll take that bet. <laughs> I can't win. I can't win. Because at least it looks like she'll control the bear guy. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Not let a horror do it. Or, or at least dress up in it as a Mecha Musume. There you go. <laughs> like in the credits. So with that, we will put an end to this and studnant segment, and we'll be back in the future to discuss the next batch of our episodes. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Suddenly, there was a terrible roar all around us, and the sky was full of what looked like huge bats, all swooping and screeching and diving around the car. And a voice was screaming, Holy, Holy Jesus, Jesus, where are these goddamn animals? Greetings, I am Andrew Cook, the host of Pretentious Internet Theater. Each month, I bring you the finest in literature that internet fan fiction has to offer. Join us, won't you, at tinyurl.com slash pit podcast remember there is much drama on the internet but only the best makes pretentious internet theater from a time long ago in a basement far away there comes a time when there's only one hero to protect us all from the trolls Warranted and unwarranted. Is it him? Against Gundam Sea Destiny. It appears destiny is firmly on my side. What? There stands a man who alone will defend the honor of said show for all to enjoy. You're something that shouldn't have been allowed to exist, boy! Just shut up! His name rings out and is like curses to those evil doers. If people learned of your existence, they would want to be just as you are! That name... Chairman 025, Defender of Destiny! You shouldn't blame me! This is mankind's dream! Mankind's desire! Mankind's destiny! 
Coming this fall on WSBR, your home for DVR hits. Wow, this is pretty cool. You're driving along, you're driving along, and all of a sudden the kids are yelling from the back seat, I gotta go to the bathroom, Daddy! Not now, goddammit! Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. And in this segment, man, this, this, I, I am so uh, excited to, uh, to talk to these gentlemen. We actually have an interview with uh, two long-standing voice actors from uh, the, the Great White North, as they say. Uh, <laughs> both Neo and... Hell yes, that's what I'll talk about. What? Oh, yeah, straight through. What? One, of greatest, one of the greatest comedy movies ever. All right, good day. Good day. <laughs> uh, how's it going, eh? All right. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Introduce oh, us, right? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> just got a little, uh, so my friend Sam here. Right. Say, how's it going, eh, Sam? How's it going, eh? Yeah, we just, uh, we uh, shoveled our way over here from my uh, igloo yeah. when uh, we brought us a six-pack of shorties, okay? Yeah. And uh, so... Uh, hey, hey, stop being a hoser. Sorry. Let me introduce sorry, us, guys. Right? Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Sorry. 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 Oh my gosh. Um, we are speaking to the Bob and Doug McKenzie of Anime, Matt Hill and Sam v- Samuel Vincent. Hey. Welcome to the show, fellas, man. Thank y'all for being here today. Hey, it's thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. I, uh, <clears throat> I just say everything that Sam says. Thanks for having us. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm a repeater. I'm a yes guy. Yes. <laughs> In- so when Sam said, would you come and do this? It was like, yes. <laughs> We're, we're like a, we're like a duo now, a tandem duo. Yeah. Um, we do birthday parties, bar mitzvahs, yeah. what, your, what t-shirt contests, all sorts of things, right? <laughs> oh my god, it's, it's awesome! Yeah. You guys have an incredible rhythm. <laughs> Going to tell, you guys have known each other for years. But uh, for for the, a few listeners that don't know, um, I'll, I'll start off with Matt. Um, Matt, uh, as you guys probably um, know, he was the voice of Ed on Ed, Ed and Eddie. That's Ed with one oh, yeah. D, singular. <laughs> uh, yep, that was a uh, single day for you. Yep. <laughs> yep. Also, Great also show. The, also, the voice of Maz on Shizal, which ah. uh, a show with a little bit of controversy behind it, which I'll, I'll ask about later on in the interview. Sam, Sam can talk to the controversy. I think. Aha. Uh-huh. I'm, oh, I'm just his dyslexic friend, Maz. You know. <laughs> That's all good. <laughs> and um, also, you guys probably know him as Ryo. Or Rio from Ronin Warriors. My wife loves that show, by the way. Oh, really? Yes, she's All a right. huge fan of that. Awesome. Well, tell her, tell her white blades says hi. Oh, hey, I will tell her that, and uh, she'll be giddy to hear. Okay. <laughs> and um, I was introduced to Matt first and foremost through this very role, Kevin Keen, aka Captain N, the Game Master. Wow. Years and years ago, I didn't even know that was you. I, I didn't even know it was me either. Oh wow! <laughs> Crazy. That's uh, actually, that, you know, it's so funny. The, the career comes around, and like you know, twenty five years later, 
I got a, I got a, um, a piece of mail in the in that well. I got a piece of mail in the, in the mail. mail. You got a piece of mail. I got mail. A piece of in the mail. mail. And it was a and it was a photo of Kevin from a fan that said that you know been following my career for well that many years, and mm-hmm. so it was like whoa. So this is like the second time in a week that somebody's brought up Kevin. So thank you. Wow, that was your first Captain show Ninja. though. Too, that was my right? first prelay. That's yeah. his first prelay series yeah. ever. First time really? I ever went like. I get paid to do this. Oh my god! <laughs> so, yeah, I could act silly and talk all day, and oh I get paid god. for this. Yeah, yeah. no, this I is an amazing all career. <laughs> suspects back then, man. Gary yeah. Chalk was a young man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gary Chalk. Yeah. Oh my god, that's right. You worked with him as well. Oh, yeah. that's, um, that's I have. Uh, I yeah. have something to say to you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I would like, if it was okay, could I introduce Double D? <laughs> you sure can, man. You sure can, by all means. Or do you? Or do you want? To, oh, oh. That's, that's not necessary. Oh, oh sorry. I'm very shy. Oh, okay, we don't sorry. really like to double D, but we're on the radio I know, now. Ed, I know, we but I'm very to... shy. I don't like to speak publicly. It is okay. Oh dear. It's okay. Okay. Oh dear. Hold on, your cowlick is out of place. Oh, okay, there we go. My, okay. my cowlick is under my hat, don't, Ed. I know. Don't lift up my hat. Sorry, double D. Oh. oh. He gets touching about me if, if anybody takes his hat up. Sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> double, um, uh, gentlemen, Double D is with us now. Double D. Congratulations, gentlemen. Well, welcome to the show, Double D. As you guys probably know, Double D is also voiced by our other guest today, Samuel Vincent. How are you doing today, sir? I am wonderful. How are you? I'm doing great. <laughs> yeah. That's his, that's his that's other voice. My, this is my regular speaking yeah. voice. Um, I hope it doesn't strange you out. <laughs> but this is just the way I talk normally. Nice. So, yeah. I sound like a, sound like a U.S. Cast. senator. <laughs> uh, station. Uh, don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah, it's me, Sam Vincent. Hi, people. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, you're also Forge on X-Men Evolution, the show I watched uh, back when it aired years ago. Yes. Yes, the lamest superhero of all time. Oh. <laughs> he can fix stuff no, and build stuff. Yeah, he fixes things and builds things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually have the Forge action figure. He's wow. got oh. he's he's got a leather a strap on his leg. It's awesome. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> With a wrench. <laughs> With a wrench. It's so cool. Wow. The ultimate superhero. No, yes, it's true. I was I was Forge on X-Men Evolution. Hey, man, he, at, least, at least he's ASC certified. <laughs> I was Kevin. I was a surfer. I get union rights. Yeah. There you go. There you go. He, he, um, Sam is also uh, a guy slash she's out on uh, the titular character from she's out as well. That's right. Laser lipstick. <laughs> that. You're, the, you're yeah, that guy. I'm that guy. You're that I guy. am a guy. You're that guy. Oh, I'm a he's, guy. He, don't. Indeed. They they had to name him Guy just to re- to emphasize the fact emphasize that emphasize he's a guy. <laughs> and so that, that was a, that was a brilliant uh, stroke of genius on Obi's yeah, part, the creator, true. to make that's me true. Guy. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I could have yeah. been Gal, and that would have been they, like they just kind of would have thrown it all astray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Sam was a really good guy. He's a really he's a great guy. A great guy. He's, he's a really a good, good guy. guy. Yeah. 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 We're both great guys. And yeah. it's. An, an obscure role that I wouldn't say it's obscure, but the role I really enjoyed you in was also Luxon Hanjo from um, Infinite Revias, which I, oh, I might have been one of the yeah. I might have been oh, one wow. of the five people that bought that show. But you bought it. You were one of the five that bought it. I was like one of the ten that watched it. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
he was my yeah he was my favorite guy within the yeah. complex he was awesome wow. yeah that dude yeah. i can't remember now but he he was just he was insecure about his height mm. <clears throat> Uh, so like in real life yeah like me in real life wow. And, uh, oh wow <laughs> had, uh, I'm, I'm about four foot eight yeah he's um, kind of a midget almost no. we don't call him that though no oh, that, little yeah. people he's he a guys, little person uh, little person gets thank little, you sorry little sorry. person yeah thank you do you remember did you guys watch tiny elf? guy <laughs> and tiny guy did you guys watch elf that movie elf yeah yes. yeah Okay, remember the remember the guy who they brought in who was like the genius to do the creative for the new book ideas, mm-hmm. and they yes. brought you know he came in and he is Peter Dinklage. That's Sam. Yeah. I'm Peter Dinklage. Sam is pretty much Peter yeah. Dinklage. Gets, I'm pretty. I am Peter Dinklage. He gets a little you know no I'm not uppity about that. I know. Move on. <laughs> anyway, okay. geez, we're talking about my my, my stellar yeah, yeah, career okay. and all the obscure shows I've done that nobody's yeah, watched. Go on. <laughs> Well, this one is yeah, not obscure. You phrased that really well. Uh, hey, hey I, I have never, I've never run into too many people who've seen Infinite Revised, but I loved it. So I just wanted to, I wanted to express that to you. And uh, last but not least, both of these gentlemen, you probably know best from a little show that um, very few people have watched called Gundam Seed. Very few people watch that show. Very few. Very few. Especially here on Gundam, of all shows. Gundam. (laughs) Gundam. Yeah. Yes, I play Afrin Zala. You play Afrin Zala? Yes, I do. Wow. Mm -hmm. I'm Gundam. And you are the love of my life, Kira Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's been confirmed. You guys are in love then. (laughs) Oh yeah, all, man! I mean, come yeah, on. So all the fan fictions have been confirmed. Love, love, is, <laughs> love is a very broad term. Exactly, especially if you want to address the uh, broad. It's but like you know, it is in the like, unrequited category. Yeah. But I just mm-hmm. like to say that. Yeah. Oh. We have a large affection for one another. Yeah. You see, it's like which it's, gave me a large infection. No, I'm just joking. Oh. <laughs> Oh no, that wasn't nice. Well, no, that's just something else. Yeah, they're like, oh, sorry. how come they hung up? Yeah, <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello? <laughs> we we never disconnect. Not off of this. I'll take mail from the damn fans. You know, go. Those guys are horrible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true. But you know, what I mean, come on. It's like you know, every day going in, going, Athrena, Kira. Oh, Athrena, Kira. Kira. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know. Like I'm watching the show again. (laughs) Watching the show all over. Oh my gosh. It's like what you know, what made you guys start this beautiful Gundam? Oh wow. What made us start it? Actually it was um, me and Solbro uh man, what five, six years ago now? I mean Gundam's been around that long. We're starting we're starting to have your your own thing, the 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 long term memories uh longer than the (laughs) Right. In the short term, um, yeah, yeah. but uh, podcasting was kind of still bit, uh, in its infancy, and we <laughs> pretty much, and we just said, "Hey, uh, why don't we start talking about this?" Because we were watching all the all the Gundam shows, and nobody was really doing it, and uh-huh. kind of morphed into uh, what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other host that's out available, he wasn't able to join us today. Chris, uh, he runs uh, MHQ, which is a big uh, mecca website and we kind of just joined together and here we are so right. cool man <laughs> yeah awesome. i mean it, it just kind of evolved into you know it was a, a specifically we started with a lot of the gundam shows but we've moved into all the other mecca shows that are out there and um 
you know, it's just yeah. what a hundred and some thirty something episodes with another twenty something specials and wow, <laughs> nice work. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. That's so. cool, man. Yeah. Been a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, but that's it, it, a- it's finally brought us to your doorstep. <laughs> and now, now the corporate advertising's rolling in. You guys, oh, are oh, yeah, of course, oh, yes. Bentley's, yo, Bentley's yo, private yo. jets. Yeah. Oh gosh. New surfboards, ain't you? <laughs> 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 we we sold up the pet. We sold up the Pepsi contract. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, well, you yeah. know what? I hear you could get. Michael, oh no, can't. No, sorry. Oh, dang Slip it! Right. Oh. Beyonce, oh no, she does coke. She oh yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, she does coke. <laughs> she, Beyonce, she's the oh Coca Cola. Oh no, no, yeah. no, that's right. Beyonce's yeah. Pepsi, isn't she? She's is Pepsi. Yeah, because she feels Pepsi or whatever it is. You know, it's yeah. like it's a good thing. <laughs> Every time I see that commercial, I just want to drink one. Anyways, yeah, she, I know. If, if she does, cats trying to interview us, but you know. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, if she does coke, it's of a different brand. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Don't want them on our case. Speculation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, gentlemen and mm-hmm. your 2.6 million listeners, how can we serve you today? Well, We'd I- like to answer every question. It, well, it has been. It is clear that you two, two gentlemen have known each other for many, many years, and yes, Matt. Mm-hmm. I am very interested in how you both first met. Oh, that's a good question. Ah, who picked up who? So really, it is that so long ago. I don't actually. Oh, yeah. can't, I don't know if I. You know what I think it was? What? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say like professionally, it was um, probably in the studio when we were doing. Um, uh, what do you call it? Um, Super Duper Dinos or whatever. Like. Um, oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maddie and I. I forgot yeah. about this. Yeah. Well, and we'll, we'll we're gonna do some. We'll do some. We'll do some Stanley? MLP crossover <laughs> stuff here. Well, yeah, but. That's true. Oh my gosh, you would please a, a segment of our audience if you did. Of oh course, Sarah. You guys, it's all. It's all. You guys are all hybrids of something. I love it. Um, so Aren't we all a hybrid. Yeah, we're all hybrids. Really. Yeah. Um, and and so basically, it was the show called Dino Babies. That's what it was. Ah, Dino Babies. Dino Babies. Nineteen ninety. No, even Five, earlier than three. that, dude. No, it was after I did Ninja Turtles, so it was like uh, 95. Anyways, early yeah. 90s, let's yeah. just say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you can actually find it on YouTube now. You can. Dino, Dino Babies. Dino anyway, Babies. it was Maddie Hill, myself, yeah. Kathleen Barr. Yeah. Um, Scott. And little Andrea Libman. That's right. Who Man. was probably was about eight, eight years old at yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, and, now she's, and now she's obviously she's, the voice of Pinkie Pie and Fluttershy on My Little Pony. She's kind of mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, and she's awesome. Yeah. Uh, she's so nice. that was too. Yeah. So yeah. that was like our first. That was our first. And Scott McNeil, McNeil was Scott on it too. Scott, Scott McNeil. Scott, yeah. Scott McNeil. Yeah. Yeah. Scott McNeil. And uh, yeah. Right. And so, I think that was um, oh, and, um Sarah. Sarah Strange. Sarah Strange. She, she's as well. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that was our first. Yeah, yeah. but we didn't the... meet. We didn't really hang together because Sammy was from like the east side of town, mm-hmm. and I was from Tawasson, Kitsilano, which is Tawasson? kind of a big deal. Like, <laughs> you know, like it's the biggest gated com- community in Vancouver. Like, you totally need a passport to get into my side of town. Not really. I'm kind of. You know, <laughs> But you just need, you just needed to be wearing like a uh, flip flops like, and a surf shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy was wearing the classic Canadian. He had like a Mac jacket on and like yeah. no Stormrider, black boots, Stormrider jean jacket. Totally. Yeah. Oh yeah. Classic. But then jean we jacket with something. patches on it. Oh yeah, but we yeah. like we started like really hanging out though when we did when we did the ads because man like you bond doing that show because like we just about like 
had brain aneurysms every time, like, you know, because <laughs> like, we'd have to yell and scream so loud and do so many takes, but, you know, we'd always, like, leave and go. Yeah, we'd have our, our, we'd have yeah. our little post, post-recording post sessions and talk about it after. <laughs> it so was, was they were, like, decompressed. <laughs> yeah. Over, over shorties. So, yeah, so I guess, yeah, Ed and Eddie's when we first started to hang out. And then, yeah. it's funny, at the same time we're doing the Eds, we were in the studio doing Gundam Seed. Yeah. But we did, we did, we were, you know, with, with, with ADR, you're, you're in the booth on oh, your own separately. Gosh, so, like... I would go in and do my dialogue, and then Matt would go in and do his or whatever. And then we'd always talk about it after, like, God, man, I think we really, you know, it's kind of how many times did I say Kira today? I, talk about that. I think I said, I think I said Kira at least fifty times in this episode. Yeah, you know, to myself in my mobile suit, you know, yeah. just by myself, looking out into space. Yeah, you know, when you know, yeah, and then you hear this. Huh? Yeah, oh. we, we we always. We, I, what? <laughs> So it oh, was, yeah. it was, and then like, every once in a while, whoever, whoever was in the studio, like before the other, we would mm-hmm. always leave encrypted embedded messages in some of the takes. So it was kind of funny because um, <laughs> like, the guys who were the engineers and there, Carl and, uh, well, James actually was, well, James was director on it, right? James Carl was, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so we'd always leave these, you know, like, yeah, these, you know, inappropriate messages for, <laughs> for each other. It was, it was kind of fun. That's pretty good. awesome, actually. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, the life of a voice actor. <laughs> did they get, did they, how did they get back at you about? Well, uh, no, they just play it back to you when you go in the, in the, into the. Uh, no, I'm saying, did they ever do any uh, mess with you in, in a different way to kind of you know you know go back and forth and ribbon each other or to? Uh, uh, no, not really. Except no. you know, I mean, yeah, they're engineers. They're not not too creative. About gas? Are we allowed to talk about gas on your yeah, show? You can talk about. Oh flash. yeah, that'll pay. Flatulence. Of course. <laughs> if you really want to. Some of my favorite memories were like trying really hard that if Sam was coming into the studio to do Gundam uh, after right after me, I would mm-hmm. try my hardest to just just frap that room full of beautiful, you know <laughs> so Kira Kira Yamato, you know, that's exhaust. Nice. So yeah, that's great. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's nothing like one. You know, you go into a studio and have to smell Matt's ass for like yeah. the next. <laughs> I eat a lot of protein shakes. Uh, you know, I'm kind of yes, yeah. Horrible man. Yeah, it's good fun. It's good fun. Horrible man. Some behind the scenes action right there. Behind. <laughs> behind. I've, always, I've, always, I've always, I've always wondered if people did do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Why not? You think we're friends, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you share so much. Yeah. Absolutely. Indeed. Indeed. Oh, yeah. In- in- including <laughs> including gas. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. But um, who caught the acting bug first between the two of you? I did. Well, Matt is a full century older than me. I am me, 14 so. years older than No. Um, I don't know, actually. That's a good question. When did you – I? My well, I okay, got go on. Go I on. got my first professional gig. Um, I was a model um, when I was thirteen mm. um, for what was called the Sears catalog. And were you really? Yeah, dude. Wow. Oh yeah. Huh. Absolutely. But I, um, I think I did so my. So you're like a model slash actor. Really. I was actually, yeah. and then I. But it's okay. Then I came over to the real side, and I, mm. you know, I got my first professional gig on a one of the last live radio. Um, shows that was ever recorded in Vancouver with our national broadcaster. It's kind of like your, um, what's your, it's a, um, NPR? yeah, it's like your version of NPR. Ours is CBC. Oh. And it goes, yeah. So, um, and it goes coast to coast and it was a, a radio program 
uh, called Shigetuso, and it was about this Italian family um, that obviously were you know fictional, but down at this real life place that is close to our place called Granville Island. Mm-hmm. And um, so every Friday we we set up the microphones and we do this ten minute live broadcast across the country, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was I don't know I was like I was like fifteen. I was playing their son, mm-hmm. and um, so you know as they say, gentlemen, it all sprang from there. <laughs> well, for me, mm-hmm. uh, you I, I can I can sound? I can beat you on that one. Really? Uh, it was. Although, can we include like our first play that we ever did at the end of the cul-de-sac in the in the childhood? I don't know. Yeah, you can. On. I was because I totally beat Sam then. You know? <laughs> oh, what what grade? I before you were born even. Oh, okay. I don't know. Well, okay. I was gonna, I was going to say technically my first performance uh, in this kind of like epitomized the start of my career here was basically it was Christmas time and oh, it was boy. I think You're not it was tell that story, are you? yeah I think it was grade uh, one. Or two. My my brother Gabe Coots. Uh, Is that his name? No, well, I say okay, Gabe Coots. That's the way he says it. Uh, he's an actor as well. He's uh, currently on Once Upon a Time. He's kind of a big Sneezy deal. The dwarf. Yeah. He was. Uh, oh, wow. Wow. He was for the Ninja Turtles TV series. He was, you know, Leonardo. Um, and he also does voice work as well. But anyway, he's a lot friendlier than Sam. Too. Yeah, way friendlier. You might want to have him. <laughs> yeah, you might want to talk to him. Oh, he was also now? played. played uh, on uh, Gundam, he was oh, yeah. um, Nickel, Nickel. green-haired kid. Oh, get out! Oh, yeah. my piano! <laughs> my, piano. my piano! Yeah, my piano! Mother, I'm my about to die. Yeah, yeah I, I think of is my All piano. Heard that, like, oh, so that's cute. so cute! <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. I bet you he'd be on your show. Yeah, he probably would be. Um, so anyway, this was probably grade one, and... After school, we go to this uh, daycare center, and they were putting on. It was during Christmas time, and they're doing the nativity scene wow. uh, with Jesus and the whole thing. Are you Jewish, mm-hmm. though? No. Oh. Anyway, so <laughs> so basically, uh, of course, my brother gets to play baby Jesus. Of course, because of course. he's he was the smallest Starry kid roll. there, Starry and roll. he looked all angelic and everything. So I'm mm-hmm. playing all well. All of a sudden, they say, "Sam, you're going to. We need smoking. somebody." Unfortunately, one of the girls doesn't want to be in the nativity scene, so we need you to step up and you know and fill her shoes. I'm like, okay, I sure I'll do it. So basically, she was one of the sheep, <laughs> and I had to put on these white leotard pants and play a sheep. Uh, I was just like mortified. Here I'm wearing these girls like little leot- white leotard pants. They were pink too. And there is my brother, the star, baby Jesus in the manger, and I'm playing like a lamb. Wow. And- Girls, leotards. That was my first. Uh, How old were you? I don't know, maybe six or seven. Six or seven. Yeah. Wow. So that was my first. Inter- I didn't catch wow. the bug at that point, uh, but so that explains the tutu in your yeah, closet. That, yeah, wow. it explains my. Yeah, and that explains the she's out thing too, right? Wow. But, um, exactly. <laughs> but actually, the first the first time I started acting was in high school in theater and doing improv and doing plays in school, and then there was a show which you guys are probably way too young to remember but 21 jump street was yeah, shot yeah. in vancouver that's right and johnny young johnny depp, johnny right? depp was yeah. uh the, yeah. the star in it and yeah. they they shot at our school yeah. and i was an extra and oh. i saw the whole production and then they're shooting it and saw johnny walk into the cafeteria and i was like oh what's you know blah 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 anyway so i kind of caught, caught the acting bug at that point yeah mm-hmm. and i got an agent and my first gig was at age 15 i was on a show called wise guy Mm-hmm. It was a Stephen J. Cannell show, and uh, oh yeah, I was Pizza Boy. Pizza, pizza Boy. Pizza, pizza Boy. Pizza Boy. Yeah, pizza Boy. 
So uh, that was my first professional acting gig. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you I played know. Santa's Elf. Did you? Yeah. 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 That was your first in high school. Oh, yeah. in high school. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. It was, but I got paid for, like with my new agency. So I was like, yeah, I was, I was 13. Really? Yeah, 13 was my first set. Oh. Uh, yeah. So there you go. We've been uh, doing it since we were We've been doing young it a age. long time, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> that beautiful child labor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in Canada, child labor, it's okay because, you you know, you get paid a lot. They give you beer. Yeah, beer. Nice. Oh, they pay you yeah. beer. Okay, beer and donuts. Back, back <laughs> free refills on, like, your uh, uh, propane tank, eh? <laughs> So, There's a voucher. There's a voucher for two free uh, propane exactly. tanks. Instead of food yeah. stamps, we got like propane stamps. <laughs> propane stamps. <laughs> oh yeah. Awesome. Oh man. Oh. That's fantastic. Um, oh, I, I guess I should ask um because you guys are clearly you guys were both involved with Ed, Ed, and Eddie, and we had um one of your other voice actors that was involved in the production. Uh, Aaron Fitzgerald was on our show. Um, almost a year ago, I believe, and yeah. she talked about the great experience she had on the show. What was your experience working on Ed, Ed and Eddie? Uh, well, it was one of those shows that obviously ended up uh, being, you know, I we hear it a lot now mm-hmm. uh, that you know, especially at the My Little Pony conventions, a lot of these kids uh, grew up on Ed, Ed and Eddie, and they 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 say to us, "That was my childhood, man. That yeah. was my childhood." I heard wow. I've heard that numerous times. Um, so it's kind of interesting now looking back, you know, we knew that it was, it's funny, funny that in Canada, it got 13 episode run for a season on Teletoon up here. And after that, it never showed in Canada. So it was like everywhere else in the world, this thing was like popular, but here, no, none of the kids knew about it in Canada, which is ironic because it was made in Canada, like Danny was creating it. it out yeah. of Vancouver, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Canadian kids didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Is any reason? Any reason why it didn't? Uh, Who knows? I mean, I don't know why Teletoon decided to not, you know, yeah. just one of those corporate but, decisions. Uh, it was just one of those things one that they decided things. it didn't work for wow. them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, Sam's not kidding. It. It's like you know, as you guys know, I mean, it affected so many kids because oh, yeah. it's like you know, it's, I don't know. I remember you know the. The shows that like really, really touched me when I was growing up, and so to now have you know these like young adults coming up and going like, seriously, dude, you have no idea how much this show you know either helped me get through like you know my parents getting divorced or my you know somebody dying or you know somebody having cancer or somebody you know I mean like stuff all the way from that side all the way to then just the you know the the other stuff of you know people just attaching something to it because they they felt like they could totally relate to you know one or all of those characters you know mm-hmm. um, that, that's... especially the smart one named um uh um. uh oh <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's got to be pretty i mean i i know you get fans when you go to your conventions and stuff you get a lot of people coming to you and it's always nice to get the recognition but when people attach it to like personal things like oh, that that geez. must really get you I, I i would think for me um you know we get you know we're not in the same class as you guys but we get people that say oh thanks you know for getting us through the day and stuff like that but i think if Somebody was saying, hey, you know, my parents were divorcing or my dad had cancer and this helped you. That's got to be – yeah, I'm, sure I'm sure it's hard to keep your composure at times with stuff like that. I had a, I had a guy um, when we were in um, – I was, I was in Dallas last year at a, at a, at a My Little Pony 
event. <laughs> and um, it was it was wild. I was doing a you know a, what I, I it was like the you know an hour long talk with the with the fans. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> this one guy stood up and he was he was tearing. And at first, honest to God, this is my truth. I I first thought, oh, okay, well maybe you know. Uh, who knows, right? I mean, sometimes you know, maybe maybe just emotional because you know he was excited to be part of the audience or whatever. But mm-hmm. then he then he just you know stood up and he like very eloquently just said, "I wanted to say thank you to you and to um, you know a lot of the other voice actors that I've met that truly treat me like I'm just a normal human being like you guys, mm-hmm. um, and that you know because I you know have because then he just rattled off like this list of you know, um, sort of social phobias that he had that, wow. you know, realizing at the end of it, that must've been a big, big deal for him to even like come out of his house to, right. to come to a convention, for instance, in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and then, you know, like I say, specifically, he said, and it was Ed, Ed and Eddie specifically that, um, and no offense, um, but he did say that, um, a single D kind of was a big deal for him. Um, yeah, well, Single D was my favorite character on the show, so. But Double D was my favorite character. Oh, my God. Oh, 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 thanks. Oh, no, that's great. Uh, no, but this, you know, so it was really cool that, you know, he said, yeah. you know, again, it was right there in person of him going, you know, I identified with these with this character and with how you guys, you know, you just made me feel normal. You didn't make right. me feel like, you know, because – you know, he said he got he got made fun of a lot and mm-hmm. you know all sorts of stuff. And then he realized that you know every time he turned on Dad, Dad, and Eddie, he was like he was just there with his with his brothers and sisters. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, you know, I've heard that many times. <laughs> it's just such a cool cool thing, you know. And I just want to add to just going back to the talking about what it was like to work on the show and about the actual process of making the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny Antonucci, the creator of the show, um, he's very meticulous. Oh yeah, and sometimes it was the, the, there were tough records or recording sessions because you know Danny had a very very strong idea of how the character should be which made right. the show so 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 good and we actually had very specific our our um our storyboards for our 11 minute segment were super thick like he God, he had a couple hundred he had sometimes these <laughs> very detailed storyboards yeah. about how it all worked out and so it was he was very meticulous and demanding and, and, and the level of what he wanted for the show, but that's why the show ended up being so so good. Um, mm-hmm. So they were some of the they're like one of the, it's one of those things where it's one of the most rewarding things, but one of the most toughest things to to, to do the show. Yeah. But then when you look at the final product, you go, well, now you have a show yeah. that kind of has this uh, timeless quality to it. Like I, yeah. you know, I feel like it's one of the shows that I've done. That you feel like it's it's it can go generational, you know. It's something that somebody oh, yeah. pack down to their kid and say, "Watch this show, crack me up as a kid. I yeah. want you to watch this." You yeah. know, so exactly. So yeah, that's why that's why it's great. It's great to be a part of that. Yeah, it's, Kinda, it's the only show we've ever done that didn't have like lots of pickups to do. You know, to redo lines that didn't work or didn't mm-hmm. do. You know, because like you said, Danny, like he just heard it in his head and he wouldn't let a take go by. Until he was satisfied with, you know, with with what he knew that he wanted, you know, and and like say Sammy said, in the moment, sometimes it's, you know, you're thinking like, God, we've done this like 35 times, just come <laughs> on, move on, you know what I mean? And and uh, but I gotta add it to him, man. It's like you say, it's this unbelievable quality that you know, um, now just lives on and on and on. So. Well, that, that, that gives me a, an interesting, and I'm sorry, Soul Bro, to interject. Oh, but no, by all means. When you guys were saying that, now, 
I'm sure a lot of times when you do uh, voice acting recordings and stuff like that, there's probably a lot of um, you can be liberal that, you know, with um, the directors probably give you a lot of leeway when it comes yeah. to doing some of the things. Do you um, do you sometimes prefer that more structured approach? Because like you just said, it, it ended up being such a strong product. Um, is it frustrating or is it kind of one of these situations that depends on the show? Um, uh, well, I mean, for me, I like sometimes I like when someone has a strong idea and it's very like, yeah, there's no you don't feel like there's any question. You, the character is solid and you know exactly what the director. There's, there's something to be said for that. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's it's, it's just there's it's different approaches. I'm working on a show right now, which I can't like. That's fine. Anything, we understand. But, yeah, we understand. It's 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 it's, it's very funny. It's uh, but there's room for throwing stuff out there like adding okay. adding extra dialogue or adding certain things and the, the people who are involved in the project are very open if the, you know sometimes you'll it's a hit and a miss thing and they go nope but other times they go wow that just adds an extra thing to the to the joke or whatever and that's fun too because you know we work with a lot of people who are very funny in their own way and they have they bring a lot to the table and it sometimes it just is great when they bring these things that you know and and that the creators and the writers are open to adding that. Yeah, you know, and it depends on the project too. Like you, you work on a lot of shows that are you know, toy company based, like Hasbro, Mattel. We do that up in Vancouver a lot, and they're very protective of their product and of the characters and things like. That. They don't like you messing around too much with their stuff. Right. So in that in, in that case, you got to kind of like just oh, go with the script. But other times, it's more open and you get to play around. So yeah. depends, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Go ahead, Sobro. Sorry. I know, you got li- I know you got a list of stuff there. No, no, no. I, I, my, my, I, <laughs> my list is not that uh, not that extensive. I, I basically, um, I have questions within questions, but uh, mainly because of uh, the great things that uh, you both are bringing up. Um, I, I know when it comes to animation, it touches a lot of people. Um, and um, I, when when I hear stories like that, I I I, I myself think about the fact that uh, I've been you know touched by a lot of great shows that I've seen you guys both um, participate in, and um, it doesn't surprise me about Ed, Ed and Eddie. That show, it sounds like it came from Danny's heart, um, yeah. And all the work that he put into that show, I no wonder you guys never had to go back to it because he was just very meticulous with his production yeah. on that show. That's yeah. that's a, that's definitely a tip of the cap to him, absolutely. Yeah. But um. I um I've been listening to both of you guys for years, and um, I didn't realize that until Gundam Seed. <laughs> right. My my, yeah. <laughs> my first run in with you two respectively is uh, with Matt. It was in um with this role as Captain N, the Game Master, and uh, Sam with his role as Blinky, oh, yeah. Bucky O'Hare. And it's Blinky reporting, sir. I <laughs> yeah yeah Bucky O'Hare and the Toad Wars. Yeah, that that was a fun show. I love that show. And um, do you both get recon- still re- still get recognized for those roles? And how do you how do you look back on those experiences uh, doing both those shows? Because it was so early in your careers. Oh well, it's interesting. You should bring that up. You know, I was in Huntington Beach last weekend, and <laughs> it's crazy. I'm running <laughs> down the boardwalk, and somebody just yelled at me as I went by. They're like, "Hey, that's Captain Dan." Oh wow! <laughs> oh yeah! Yeah! yeah. Crazy, crazy how that happens. It wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, with Bucky, actually, Bucky O'Hare and the Toad Wars was my first uh, 
uh, prelay series that I ever landed. Oh, wow. And uh, I was – Nice job, Sam. Yeah, yeah. That's it awesome. was I was wow. probably only wow. 20 years old. Crazy. And I uh, – <laughs> obviously being my first one, I was just nervous, you know, <laughs> and – yeah, I knew that I could get the voice down because I had that, and just. But I was working. This is back. This is back. We had Gary Chalk in 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 playing uh, the gorilla, I think. Um, Scott McNeil was Dead Eye Duck. Yes, he was. And uh, we had Jason Micus as the yeah. our uh, Bucky O'Hare, mm-hmm. and it was just. It was, and we were working. Uh, Wally Burr, which is a is a, a legend in voice directing uh, uh, world, uh, was directing, and it was. I was actually it was cool that I actually got to work with him. I was the only. Did you work with Wally Burr or anything? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yes. so it was. It was just I was didn't I was like you know I didn't have really. I think the only thing I had under my belt up at that point was I did uh, my first gig ever was with. Uh, the show called Dragon Warrior. Yes, I grew oh. up with that show. I watched oh, okay. that show. I taped every episode of oh, okay. that show. Who were you in that show, if Mo- you don't mind Mo- me asking? Moku. I was. You were Moku? Yeah, I was Moku. Oh man, you were the sidekick. That's the, yeah. now it makes sense. Yeah, sidekick. I was, the, <laughs> I was the, the 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 guy with the big the black kind. Of, he, yeah, he was this little guy with the black hair, and he was just mm-hmm. like crazy sidekick. Yeah. That was my first animated gig ever. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that. I did Buck your hair, so that was, so I was just I was just a young guy. I was looking around at the people who were a little like older than me. You know, at the time they were they were the, they were still young guys like too, 40. but they were the guys I was looking up to. <laughs> yeah. You know, to to see how it's all done. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah. you know, it's sad that we only did thirteen of those because it was a pretty cool show. Yeah. It was. Um, um, I, I I I I still mourn to this day that they didn't bring any more episodes over because uh, if you look back at that show, that that show is done by a. Uh, also done by Akira Toriyama, the guy who did uh, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. And, mm. and when, when I um, I saw Dragon Ball Z years later, I thought it was connected to Dragon Warrior, right. and it was my first exposure to anything of that that world. So um, it was it was pretty neat that you guys worked on that show. Um, I thought it was fantastic. It was a, a Saban production, if I recall. Yeah, I think so. And and oh, and okay. it's uh, yeah, it was just it was it was it was cool. It was a mm-hmm. good show to work on. It was a good experience to have. And yeah. <laughs> no, no, it was it was good. Was it a good experience yeah. for you? It was yeah. fantastic. Man. How was how was the experience again? Was it good? It was good. You had a good experience. It was solid. It was, it was solid. Yeah. Solid. Oh, okay. Solid. Like solid. solid. <laughs> well, I must say when when uh, when Captain N premiered, it was a Saturday morning. Oh, yeah. And I got to say, I was like doing backflips because all of a sudden I was like, you know, we, we, we ended up getting cable, you know, because it was on NBC and we didn't have cable beforehand. So, you know, so my parents were right. pretty stoked and, you know, and uh, we watched it. And I remember thinking like, wow, I've, I've started. It's begun. This is hot. You know, I was just in uh, like Sam, you know, I mean, being being part of this cast, you know, of I, like Gary would play eggplant um, or sorry, uh, no hippo. Mm-hmm. Right, um, and uh, Mike Donovan played Eggplant Wizard, <laughs> and uh, the lovely <laughs> Venus Terzo. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Venus. Um, yeah, Venus we all crushed on Venus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like our Farrah Fawcett, but she's Greek, right? So she's you know, Italian. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, and then um, uh, what do you call it? Doug Parker played uh, Mega Man, and mm-hmm. and then little uh, Giuliano 
uh, what do you call it? Um, Giuliani. Um, Alessandro. Yeah, Alessandro AJ. played uh, Kid Icarus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Andrew Cavadas. That's right. You know, played, um, what's his name? You know. Simon Belmont. Yeah, Simon Belmont. <laughs> you know, I'm like, the same with Sam. Like, all these guys, I totally looked up to them. Even, you know, Alessandro, because he was only six, but he was taller than I was. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> <little> bastard. <laughs> but, uh, but it was so cool. And I was so nervous because, again, you know, I'm playing Captain N. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, but I was working with, you know, especially Gary and, you know, and, and, and Doug and a couple other guys that, you know, had obviously done a lot more studio work than I had. You know, so sometimes it was just like kind of like, okay. Just hang on, man. Just know your lines and just get to the end, dude. You know, it was like, it was seriously like riding like the biggest wave, you know. And uh, and we had, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Doug, or uh, sorry, uh, Greg Morton's work. He was our director. Mm-hmm. And God, that guy's funny. He was, um, I don't know if he's doing, he was doing stand up at that point as well oh, wow. as anime and animation directing. But oh my God, we laughed so hard. Cause, cause that was again another area where they kind of just let us play, and then right. they'd sort of bring us back, and you know, okay, guys, okay, come on, now we got to do the lines, and <laughs> but it sure made the recording <laughs> session just so much fun. Oh wow, yeah, that um, uh, you could tell when you watch the when you watch the show. I've actually um been showing uh Saturday morning cartoons yeah. to to some people who haven't weren't exposed to those shows back then. Yeah, and Cap- Captain N was one of the shows I showed them, and um, they were just tripping out about how how because uh, honestly that was the first uh, adaptation of any kind of Nintendo. Yeah. Um, Nint- of the of the NES era, I should say, yeah. it was the first representation of a lot of those characters. Yeah. In so animation. Did you know? Yeah, it's actually uh, last I checked, I think I it's on. I think it's also on Netflix too now. No. Really? Yeah, I, I, didn't, know, I didn't know it was on Netflix. Oh, I think it's maybe on Netflix. Netflix well. Canada is different than Netflix. Uh, That's right. I yeah, forget so it. Might not, we don't get the same title. There's like this thing. It's called a border, eh? Oh my God! <laughs> don't you cross it? Yeah, the 49th parallel. <laughs> Welcome to Canada. Oh uh, my God! Uh, would you like some pancakes? <laughs> oh, okay. Would you like a beer? <laughs> I've to come up there for one. A, mo- a nice cold Molson. Oh, <laughs> which is owned by Americans, by yeah, the way. Right. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah this, this, uh, no, now that we want to talk Rich's, about Rich is owned by the Belgians. Corporate ownership, but two of our most iconic brands, uh, Molson Canadian, owned by Americans, mm-hmm. and then uh, Tim okay. Hortons Coffee. What? I don't know if you guys have heard of Timmy Hortons. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tim Hortons. Yeah. Okay, yeah, owned by Wendy's. No. Yes. What? Yeah. What? Wendy's what? owns Tim Hortons. I bought it's, it's you Wendy's. a Canadian coffee yeah. this morning, yeah. but it's actually a bought so you a it's all, it's, coffee. It's all an illusion. Oh, my so. gosh. Tim Hortons is owned by Wendy's. I, I thought that you was. Didn't know that, Silver? No, I had no idea. I always, oh, thought, look, I always looked at that as, as Canada's yeah, Dunkin' Donuts, right? Oh. Well, it wow. is. Yeah. You know what? Tim Horton would be just like rolling over in his grave right now. <laughs> Actually, you know, he's alive and he's like, woo! <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, Boy, buy more coffee. <laughs> I'm going to go buy some property in Florida. <laughs> Expand. I, one of these days, I, if I ever get to go to Canada, I'm definitely going to a Tim Horton's, man. Uh, I keep hearing yeah. how cool that place is. Yeah. But, um, man, uh, what's that? They put something good in the coffee, that's for sure. Indeed. Yeah. I got to find out what that secret ingredient is. <laughs> Liquor. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a, isn't it called Breaking Bad? I think it might be something like that. <laughs> Just saying. 
<laughs> with a Walter White special ingredient. But absolutely, uh, you, you both have, you both have been working for Ocean Studios for quite some time, man. Probably uh um up to for most of you guys' careers. Um, do you have any uh favorite shows that you've worked on with Ocean? Um, well, I mean, I for me the the pleasure of working on all those shows with the, the just working with the voice directors like. Yeah. Uh, Carl and and James yeah. and we always have a good time. But I've yeah I've done tons of stuff. I mean, a, a lot of the anime fans know me particularly for and actually for Matt once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, card, card captors, card yes. I uh, played Yue and Julian, and uh, you played the. Yeah, I played Kirill Beerus. Card captors. He's kind of like a little mini Joe Pesci, but I can swear. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, that's great. Then there was a show called Monster Rancher, which Monster I did. Wow. That, I was, that, one. that was fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we did. Actually, most of the anime we did actually at Ocean. Yeah. Um, there was only, like, I know for me, there was only a couple that we did at another unnamed studio. Yeah, Westwood Media. Don't exist anymore, but. Oh. Uh, we did, I did few, uh, yeah. uh, what's it called? Uh, Zoid's Fuser. Yeah. Uh, on that, yeah. but we just and definitely, yeah. I mean, the, you the know, show will never review. Motion <laughs> <laughs> Studios. Yeah, Our, um, we're well, actually, we did Dino Babies there as well. We did like, you know, really? yeah, Dino Babies. Yeah, lots we did. Of stuff. I, that's where we recorded Bucky O'Hare. Yeah. Now you have to understand that Ocean Group is like that's the name is associated with all the anime titles, but the actual recording studio is record. You know, they they've they've we've recorded some other shows there as well. Pink Floyd recorded. Mm-hmm. All there, right? Didn't they? No, no. no? Oh, um, <laughs> and and, uh, and actually, that's where I first my first recording ever was. Dragon Warrior was recorded there as well. Man, it goes uh, back that far. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's old, man. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think they just finally vacuumed. Yeah, I don't know if they, have. <laughs> they might not have actually, because I think it probably would have pulled the floor right up, right? So. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> the things they've uncovered. <laughs> Well, um, I guess my next question, uh, it actually has to do with another show you both are involved in and play friends in. Um, you both are involved in a, in a little show. I wouldn't say even a little show. It's, it's, it's garnered quite a bit of attention uh, called She's Out. Um, and it's right. a, car- a cartoon with a, bit, a little bit of controversy behind, uh, behind it due to its cross-dressing main lead. Um, yeah. uh, throughout the course of doing the show, uh, what kind of response have you received on the series? Is it more positive than negative or any interesting stories about um, your experience with uh, doing that show? Well, uh, first I'll talk. Matt had to step outside to move his car because my, my roommates, he's blocked my roommate's car. Oh, no. so it's fine. He'll be back in a second. No so, problem. Um, I basically, uh, I wasn't really aware of much controversy until certain people on Twitter started, you know, asking me what I thought about the controversy. And I was like, uh, I wasn't aware there was any. But then I realized, <laughs> then I, then I, realized I, I realized the whole dynamic down in the States mm. and, um, uh, and I, I saw a couple of – I actually decided to just go on YouTube and watch a couple of the news articles like from certain radio or TV stations that were talking about it. And, you know, I guess it was Million Mom March or – Oh, my gosh. They they were – they're up in arms and I, I heard the whole arguments about how yeah. it's, it's trying to promote uh, – kids to I don't know whatever whatever, whatever. I, can't, I can't even repeat it because it's just in my opinion it's just kind of funny but um yeah we're talking about she's out and the controversy I don't even think Matt's aware of it what about, what about Matt's just usually just running what the, 
Maz, that Maz is a rock star? Is yeah, man. Yeah, the controversy that Maz is a rock star. You there you talking? go. Uh, <laughs> what about the controversy? What, well, no. She uh, wears a dress or what? Well, mm-hmm. well no. That, that the people on the – on you know, there's a lot of – I'm not going to say right wing because that that's a political term for me. It's a, a lot of, let's say – Conservative. Uh, conservative conservative Christian oh. thinkers thought that it was promoting uh, 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 boys to want to either be gay or oh. want to be women. I don't know. I, oh. I don't, I don't, I don't Sorry. know. It's like, it's like when the whole Teletubby thing came out and they're trying to – what? There's you never heard about that? The uh, Teletubbies, one of them was supposed to be gay. Or, oh, really? I don't know. Yeah, when they, they were high all the time. That was the other thing. My my take on it all was always that this – I thought it was funny because this kid, you know, all yeah. oh, – oh, all boys, you know, want to. It's not like guy wanted to be a female superhero. It was yeah. like it happened by accident, yeah. and then it's like, well, you, you know, my the way I looked at it was, hey, being a superhero in drag is better than being no, not a superhero at all. Like he's exactly. like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll, I'm gonna go with it, and and you know, usually he he's trying his best to you know think what a girl's superhero would sound like he does a bad job at it i mean that's the whole thing it's like he's just he's you know and that's what obi the creator always said they say you know he's not i don't want him to sound like a girl i want him to be a kid going oh my god what does a girl sound like and doing a horrible job at it it's like it's like yeah you know it's like he's cool about being a superhero and and then it's like, damn, I gotta wear this outfit, but oh, I'm still get to be a superhero, so I guess it's okay. So I, yeah. I never really, you know, I can't wrap my head around the other, you know, way of yeah. looking. At that. So yeah. for me, I just think it's, I don't know, I think it's funny. I don't, mm-hmm. you know. And I was just playing Maz, and so all I did was just, well, I just, I supported my friend Guy mm-hmm. in his. <laughs> His superhero ness and Mass is always trying to be the sidekick. Always trying to be he's, the sidekick, he's always man. got the lamest sidekick hey, outfits ever. Nice, lame. <laughs> it's kind of you know to, to compliment guys' uh, oh, things. Yeah. Like always trying to be something. But everybody wants to be a superhero, right? It's like yeah, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. I think Sammy nailed it. It's like it's better to be a superhero that's you know dressed up like you know a girl. But hey, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's still a superhero. He's still a superhero. Exactly, well, and and things like that, it it always ends up being the opposite of what those people want it to be. Like they probably want to show off the air, and because they're having such a bug in their ass about it, it's like it's probably going to become super popular, and yeah. it's going to be everywhere. So it's <laughs> was there a lot of people that wanted it not to be aired? Um, I mean, I don't think it's a lot of people at all. It's just people with loud voices for the most part, yeah. man. Yeah. That's, no, that's man. what it always comes down to. Was it that Newt Gingrich guy again? Is <laughs> he <laughs> getting all uppity? <laughs> every day well, every you know, day we're, we're, we're all you know we're in canada we're all pinko gay loving yeah oh lefty you even know. our prime minister's gay god <laughs> see that's awesome man that's progress oh yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> they got that what is it they got that crazy ass uh, mayor in toronto yeah we got our, that guy's a trip too <laughs> Yeah, we're just Canada. You know, we're not very, you know, I, people say that we're nice up here in Canada. No, you know, when just... Jimmy Kimmel and, you know, <laughs> and everybody else is like, you know, got a full expose funny thing on, you know, Toronto's, uh, what do you call it, mayor? It's like, mm-hmm. wow, the big time, man. <laughs> Poor Toronto. Uh, you know? Like, they they got to hold that down, just like DC. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you, guys, you guys already set the bar high over there. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mary and Barry, man. 
Yeah, yeah. that's a while yeah, ago. But didn't, but... He have to, didn't that guy have to resign or didn't he voluntarily resign? Oh, he no. He resigned and yeah, then he no, ran he, again. Then he ran like <laughs> another, he, he took off like one or two terms well, and ran again. Yeah. yeah. And one. Cool. I think Ford should maybe do the same thing, though, with, you know, I mean, whatever. He is, do, do whatever you do. But the guy's like, you know, it's insane. <laughs> Did you see the video where he's he's talking about killing people? Like he's he's high as hell and he's high or drunk and he's like, you know, because he's a big fat guy too and he's like jumping up and down. And he's like, yeah, if you're gonna kill somebody, this is the way I would do it. Blah blah blah. And it's like wow. hilarious. Yeah. And you know what's so great? Our our um, our mayor in Vancouver, like you know, used to own a like a you know a juice company, um, like organic juices, and now mm-hmm. it's just. He's shutting down all the traffic lanes because we're building bike lanes everywhere. Oh. And they're going to legalize pot. <laughs> oh, is that really? Oh, yeah, man. He's oh, a bike yeah. ride. You know, he's a, yeah. Buck ride. Breaker the green. Yeah, oh pot smoking, bike riding Breaker. hippie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. He doesn't inhale, though. He doesn't inhale. He doesn't yeah. inhale. <laughs> well, it's not for me to move to Vancouver. Man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and if you're friends, you got y'all, um, your wives, girlfriends, significance, um, wear a product called Lululemon. Yes. Yoga oh. Patch, well, our, our yeah. founder of Lululemon and his lovely um, just built a you know multi-billion dollar three-city lot-wide house on the waterfront in Vancouver. And, what? You know, they say he's in cahoots with, you know, with our mayor to, you know, they make bike lanes everywhere and all that. But, you know, <laughs> so that's our, yeah. that's our controversy. The hippie mafia. Exactly. The you, hippie right? mafia. We're just going yeah. to beat the crap out of you in his driveway if you get on this property The eco-hippie mafia. Yeah, exactly. We're the eco-hippie mafia out here. You hey, walk guys, outside and they pelt you with uh, hacky sacks. <laughs> we got – I've scheduled another interview like for about 15 minutes, so I don't yeah. want to make – I want to make sure that you guys. Are you double dipping? Yeah, I'm oh, trying to. I'm trying, I'm trying to kill two birds with one stone here. Wow. So you, know what, you know, then we'll, we'll we'll make this quick. I I know that Dalo had a question. Yeah. Um, Dalo Relance, uh, shout outs to him. He's the one who arranged this interview. Um, we're very thankful for him. And um, his question was during the uh, to Matt. Uh, it was during the production of Ronin Warriors. Yes. He uh, he write he 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 had mentioned that uh, everybody in the production at one point got sick. And had to be replaced with uh with, by other actors for a few episodes. He wanted to know, he wanted to know what the backstory was for that. If it was uh, true, or if it was true, I guess, I guess or... it was. He thought it was a. It's a rumor. Yeah. Was it an urban legend? Urban legend could could be. Uh, you know what? To be honest with you, yeah, Dolo. Um, oh gosh, it's like all I can remember is because um, you know because I wear this with a lot of pride. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I, I it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I actually had to miss my very first session ever. Um, because I actually was, was sick. I had the flu and it was actually a, a session of she's and I'd never, you know, I'd gone into the studio with a sniffle and stuff like that before. But, um, so when he said that the whole cast had to be replaced, I, God, you know what? I don't know. Maybe I missed the memo or something, but I, or maybe, maybe Ryle wasn't in that episode or something. Cause I, as far as I know, it maybe didn't happen. I mean, it, you know, there could have been a, there could have been a time when, yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes terms run amok. Or whatever, mm-hmm. right? You know, everybody might have had. I know, like in Ronan Warriors, because that was back in the day before um, they set the limits on being able to put fight scenes and all that stuff in in the script. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, before we'd get paid for anything like that, so mm-hmm. we would have literally in a you know in Rot in Ronan, I'd have an eight hour session, and four of it would literally be like screams and fighting, and so like I knew I lost my voice a few times. Yeah, maybe everybody lost. Their I voice. think everybody <laughs> lost their voice honestly because it was it was like redonkulous the amount of like fight scenes and 
You know, yeah. first time I've ever seen blood actually come out of my vocal cords, it was like, wow. What? That's oh, what wow. it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, what it looks like? <laughs> it was brutal, man. So actually, Dolo, I bet you that's probably more uh, accurate. Wait. I bet you everybody, because it was so fight heavy, as you guys know, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't even, I, I won't even do it now. I won't even say Ryo of the Wildfire, you know, Armon <laughs> or whatever the heck I used to say. What did I mm-hmm. used to say? Fire up? No. White blood. What did they say? Light it up, dude. <laughs> White blood. <laughs> no, that's what you said last night. <laughs> Light it up for the mayor, man. <laughs> I face everywhere. Yeah. Uh, hey, did you guys? I know we didn't. I know this is like Gundam podcast. Gundam. Oh yeah. Kind of yeah. talked a little Gundam, but there are any? I don't want to get in any questions you may have had about Gundam specifically. Yeah. Well, uh, they're uh, with, on seed or anything. With yeah. Gundam Seed, um, I know we have. Um, that, it's a perfect opportunity for me to to jump to some of the questions from our audience here. Yeah, yeah, we should uh, do that. One, no problem. Let's see here. One of the questions I saw here was. Hi, audience. Um, I, have a, I have a quick question while you're looking. Yeah, and Neo, by all means, you, you, you had some questions. Is it aggravating sometimes when uh, fans uh, blame you for the, you know, they, they say, why why couldn't the story end it better or something like that? When you're like, I have no control. I just go in and say the lines and go from there. Yeah, I've, I haven't really got anybody bugging me about that. Usually they're, they're and it's usually women who are asking me, they want to know whether or not, you know, if, if Athern really liked Kigali or what. You know, like, I get yeah. those kind of questions. They want to know. <laughs> they, they really want to know what Athrin's preferences are in women, and I'm like, I'm like, did, did he have any? Um, <laughs> he was like, I kept, like I, kept watching, I kept watching that show, and I would be like, just all the way around him, going every opportunity that he had to get with somebody, it was just like he denied them, and I was like, what are yeah. you doing, man? I know you're just an anime. You're just like, come on, they're come on, Athrin. What's the deal? So, Take her out. <laughs> Stop moping around and see what's in front of you, man. Honestly, right there for the taking, and he was, never did. It was uh, like the Brady, but yeah. remember, it was like, Marcia, Marcia, Marcia. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, you idiot. Yeah, that, that. So, yeah, no, a lot of the questions people never yeah. bug me about, like, you know, I think they, I think for the most part, they get that I'm, you know, I'm just voicing yeah. show. I don't have <laughs> any. Well, except for that one fan, and, you know. Yeah, well, maybe. Oh, yeah. So, no, I, yeah, okay. they, they, you know, right. they, they kind of get that we're just doing what we're you know you know yeah, yeah you just, do when we're you know that's it so you, you play the role basically yeah, play the role, and, that's and, it. And, yeah. and it goes where it goes and uh i mean i guess when you look back on gundam seed i know that gundam seed also had a sequel destiny and here in gundam uh we we really enjoyed seed destiny we had some issues with yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, in the beginning and then it, it was it off. was it hit the ground running, and then it it, it kind of went somewhere else. But um, yeah. I, it it was good to see the band get back together in that show. So you guys got to come back and uh, um, continue your characters. Yeah. But um, how well, often? As much you... as before. No. It was a drag. You don't think... drag. I okay. didn't get to do it as many as times as I did uh, the other yeah. time. Okay, Especially the first time. Okay. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> All right. Oh no. But um, it, you go how often? How often do you guys uh return back to uh to Gundam? Because I know there's many games that come out uh for Gundam um oh. and you know like Dynasty Warriors and you whatnot. Is it like dude, going back to voicing? Yeah, um, yeah I mean, the games and whatnot. I did. It's been a while now. At least mm-hmm. two or three years since I did it. I did one game. Uh, Me too. And then there was like they did some kind of like 
compendium of oh, Gundam, that's right. Gundam, but like, it was all uh, just like, like one was that a movie or yeah. it was just like a bunch of stuff that they wanted that's us to true. go in and do again. Yeah, and I, I don't know what what form if like too. it ended up being like a movie or something. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, the, for the yeah for the special edition movies. Liners. Yeah. yeah, that's the yeah. thing too. Is like now you know I haven't yeah. I haven't done any Gundam related stuff for so long. It's like I've moved on. I'm doing all sorts of different yeah. shows. I don't even. Although was... me and Sam, we are kind of in negotiation talks um, that we can't really talk about it really a lot. <laughs> oh. but we will mm-hmm. here just because it's you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know we're thinking of doing like maybe a song, dancing, acting, musical <laughs> type of <laughs> Gundam. You know what yeah. I mean? No, oh, that'd be good. <laughs> oh, oh. Hi. All right, I tried. No, we're not I tried. Doing that. Yeah, I think it'd be really fun. Oh, after No, Kira. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I would, I would love the love, the love ballads. Oh, uh, it would be so great. We get Hugh Jackman to play. You know. Catherine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we get. You know, maybe we get Sean Astin to play uh, Kira. You know. Really. It's oh, a good match, Rudy. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. Anyway, the <laughs> that was good. <laughs> yeah, Sam is good. I know, sometimes <laughs> I, just, I just I just look at Matt and I shake my head a lot. But um, basically, I watched the, the whole original Gundam series uh, and 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 really enjoyed it. But I didn't watch uh, Destiny. Oh no, I didn't watch it. I didn't. I just the only experience I had with it was actually just re- recording it. I was running around it, North so. America when it was airing, so, so like, I couldn't watch it. But well, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the whole Gundam Seed series. I mean, I got into it watching it just, you know, as a fan, as opposed to just like, you know, saying I was involved in it. So it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, plus, it, if, plus it aired in, in full on Canadian television. We, uh, well, that's true. I, yeah. I, I don't think it's completed on um, Neo. Did yeah. did uh, Seed finish on American it? It did TV? finish, but remember, it was after all the. Um, was it nine eleven stuff? And yeah, uh, right. they had all the the disco <laughs> guns and the guns that when people would ch- uh, they would change them a little bit. They made them more mm-hmm. like laser weapons because I mm-hmm. guess that that you know makes it better for kids. Right. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's it's a whole weird it's a whole weird thing. But yeah. well, I'll, I'll ask this one question yeah. and this will take us out. Um, it's from Eric Keith, aka Eggman or Crestborn. Uh, many shout-outs to him for submitting this. He writes, and uh, I know that there's two methods of uh, of voice uh, of the, how you guys record voice acting. So you probably might you probably can get into that that part of uh, the discussion. But he writes, uh, how was it doing the voice work for a Gundam series compared to doing Ed Ed and Eddie? Two completely different processes. Oh yeah. Uh, well, like we kind of previously mentioned yeah. uh, with Ed and Eddie, more structures. Actually, yeah. this is something that people might not know, but basically. When it came to recording Ed, Ed, and Eddie, we, they would do the – Ed, Ed, and Eddie. So Tony Sampson, Matt Hill, and myself would go in as the Eds and we would record all our stuff. And then mm-hmm. the, the, the support cast with you know like uh, Johnny 2x4 and yeah. Naz, the Canker Sisters, and Jimmy and all of them would come in and, and record all their stuff. Because, oh. they, because to do it in the amount of time they had to do it, they needed to – kind of focus on us and then do the rest of the cast. So yeah. we were recorded separately. Two four-hour sessions, yeah. basically. So the Eds would record all their stuff together, and then, then the supporting neighborhood kids would record their stuff together. Yeah. And we were yeah. in a studio with Danny and Terry Klassen, which was – he was the voice director. And oh. we would just work on that stuff until Danny yeah. was happy. 
And then with uh, Gundam, we would go into the booth uh, separately. All all the actors in the show would have their own book time to go in and go through their lines to the script. And James Corbin was the director. And you just go, and it's basically dubbing or, or looping or ADR as we call it. And you basically go through it one line at a time and uh, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> yeah, basically that's it. Yeah. Do your thing and, and then, try and match the lips. And, and then Nettie go in, bang head against wall for yeah. four hours. <laughs> um, you know, bleed from throat, um, have brain aneurysm three or four times. And uh, and obviously too, when you're doing Gundam, you're actually watching the animation and you're kind of yeah. involved in that process. Yeah. You actually visually see what's going on. But I also got to say too, though, watching mm-hmm. Sam Vincent voice act, um, you know, in Ed, Ed and Eddie, I was absolutely amazed with <laughs> his performance of Double D. Um, oh hey, my hey, golly gosh, well, hey, hey, scholars. Hey, oh, I'm in it there, no. good buddy. Um, very kind. He, his. <laughs> On that show, all he did was it was like watching a live action movie. Oh. Yeah, and I was in my comfy seat with my buttered toast and um, uh, nah, <laughs> behind me, but I can't tell you. Um, but then it was phenomenal to just watch him. Uh, his his hand movements were so dramatic. Oh, thank you. That's very kind. You're welcome. Oh. You were very. You were very... Professional as well. I was very Ed. Mm. Yes. Yep. (laughs) It was very funny because we, like, it was, it was, it was actually, the more we went along in that show, we, honest to God, I think we were cast very well in it, I humbly say, because we really took on the characters that, like, Mm -hmm. even physicality, you know, I'd be like, I think my neck to this day is still kind of cranked because I would always, like, have my head backwards going, like, how do I get water from this thing here? And, Whenever he double D, he'd be like, "No, oh, oh dear, oh dear," and then he'd you know be putting his fingers together like, and it was like he was like this just you know <laughs> this special person, you know. And then and then Tony, he'd just like literally flick a butt, you know, out into the studio, you know, and put it out and be like, "All right, let's go, let's get this thing going." <laughs> That's hilarious. So it was, yeah, it was it was good times. Yeah. Well, I, I, it, it has been an honor to to sit down with you guys for this. An hour flew by between the four of us, man. I, I, I am, I, 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 I thank you guys for being a part of this interview. Well, we'll have and, to do um, it again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. I got, I, I can't wait for round two. <laughs> get your brother. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. We, stuff we can talk about. Yeah, too, we can talk about all new things, guys. Yeah. All. Yes, indeed. Especially if you guys have any uh, future projects, you guys uh, well, want to uh, come on the show. That's out there right now. That kids- yes, I was. Okay. I was just going to ask you. Okay. Well, they can watch us in Pac Man. Pa- oh yeah, the yeah. Ghostly Adventures yes. of Pac Man. It's currently that's really currently on Disney up. XD. All the kids mm-hmm. really like it. Matt plays Skibo. I play uh, Betrayus and um, Spiral and uh, President Spiros. And um, um, also on Slug Terra on Slug Disney Terra. XD, I yep. play I play, play Slug? Eli Shane on Slug Terra. Yeah. Uh, who, I'm do on, I, what? who do I play on that? Uh, nobody. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> then I'm on Max Steel right now, which is on Disney XD as well. Oh yeah, I play, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. play on that? No. Oh. Um, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, I guess she's I was playing. Oh, Little Little's Pet Shops on right now in the Hub. Yeah. I play mm-hmm. uh, Russell Ferguson, the Hedgehog. Yep. Yeah, nice. Um, nice. So there's a bunch of stuff to watch. Bunch of stuff, yo. And uh, <laughs> how's that? That's pretty good, huh? Yeah, that is a pretty bunch of stuff, yo. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> We're gonna go hang out with Jay Z this afternoon. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> either either that or Jesse Pinkman. 
But uh, 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 any any other things you guys wanted to promote? Where can where can people follow you online? Are you oh, guys oh, on that's Twitter? The thing too, yeah. If you oh. want if you want to uh, promote this podcast or uh, for people to listen to, I'm at uh, Sam Vincent seventy one. On Twitter, that's, that my Twitter? Twitter. that's my Twitter handle, <laughs> Sam Vincent seventy one. If you wanna, if you wanna just put a tweet out about this podcast, and I uh, put my uh, my Twitter handle What's there that? and get it out there, I can retweet it as well. And if you, you want to do it, and uh, what about you? What about you? <laughs> what about you? What's your Twitter handle? My Twitty is uh, Matt Hill Inspire. <laughs> yeah, that's my tweet. Matt Hill Inspire? Yeah, Inspire. That's, that's my fiance. She uh, put that one together. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. And if you just friend me on Facebook too, okay? Just, I'm not on Facebook, so don't look for me. Sammy's not good on the computer no, like that. I don't. But you can always, yeah, seriously, just, you know, ask me. I don't me have Facebook either, so don't feel bad. Your friend on Facebook. Yeah. For sure. Well, Expect an incoming friend request from my from from from, from, from your from me and uh, that was like you and, did what I usually do from yeah from, from, from. I, I I I can't even talk right now. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I I would like to be your friend, but I'm not on Facebook either. So wow. yeah. well, Neo, Neo's quite anti Facebook. <laughs> no, I'm not a, I'm not anti. I just can't do whatever. it with my job and stuff. Hey, yeah, true. It's not it's not encouraged. Is what it too I do. early to say happy holidays? <laughs> No, no, not at all, not at all. We're about to roll into happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Oh, fellas, and, and happy and and a belated happy Thanksgiving to you, fellas, because yes. uh, Canadian Thanksgiving was just a few weeks ago. And, yes, and it was. Cornbell. If, if we don't, if we don't uh, talk to you before then or anything, Happy Boxing Day too. Oh, oh yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I, I I will reveal I'm half Canadian. My father's from uh, Montreal, so. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. We yes, yes, yes. The evil, the evil Frenchies. <laughs> Construction industry? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, nah, he was more into was finance. Have, <laughs> That's why I asked the construction industry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Nothing like wrong with that. Well, that's okay. that's that's the Orlando connection, right? Yeah. You guys, there you go. Oh, you you're, are you the West Side guy? I am. Yes. You're the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, yeah. I, I was uh, I was originally uh, born in South Florida, so. Um, oh. Yeah, so, and I, I admit I've, I've moved out here a couple of years ago for my. All job. the Quebecers like to come down to uh, Florida to vacation. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah oh. nothing like uh, nothing like a stream of Ontario license plates uh, <laughs> going yeah. down to Fort Lauderdale and stuff, yep. and, and probably yeah. right now actually. Yep. Yeah, I talk to the snowbirds every day. Actually, yeah, I was, there you go. I was I was actually running along um, uh, the waterfront last week in Huntington and. Uh, and, and I was like, oh, Canadian license plate. Oh, there's another RV. Oh, there's another one. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's making the, the exodus mm-hmm. from Vancouver. Yes. Absolutely. I know. We know you guys but, gotta go and we don't want to yeah. make it late Absolutely. To thing, but thanks We're for kinda popular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Many Many thanks to both Sam Vincent and Matt Hill for both being our guests here on this segment of Gundam at MAHQ.
to be a stupid mother to get five on your day off. I can't believe Game and Morph gave Gears of War 3 a 9.4. Ugh, those guys have rocks in their head. It clearly deserves at least a 9.6. Bro, why do you even care? Modern Warfare 3 is a far superior game in every way. You guys are still playing with your consoles? You need to fully immerse yourself in true PC gaming. Are you sick of nerd ragers making you feel like your games don't matter? Or do you feel like professional game magazines have sold out and only covered major releases? Sure you are, so join us here at secondopiniongames.com and let us make your video game conversations fun again. Our main podcast focuses on all gaming news big and small. And don't forget our other podcast where we talk about video game collecting, fighting games, the best games you never played, and other just mindless and mindful ramblings that entail what our main focus is. Let us be your first stop in Second Opinion. So stop by secondopiniongames.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is not that podcast. www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. Don't talk down to me like I'm a kid. I totally dig being on my own. Plus, I can eat all the pizza I want. Didn't I tell you for years to go easy on the pizza? And don't tell me that's all you're eating every day. God, you're pathetic, you know that? Please don't talk to me like you're my mom. You're not the maternal... That's enough. Look, you better explain this. I don't give a Gun. damn about your personal life. Start talking. Thank you for listening to Gundam at MAHQ. This is episode 134, and we actually had two segments this episode. The first segment being our review of the first five episodes of Gundam Build Fighters. You can catch the show at youtube.com slash Gundam info, or if you head on over to Gundam.info, you can watch the show weekly as new episodes drop on, I guess, late Sunday night or early Monday morning. So uh, don't hesitate, man. Check out the show if you haven't already. Also, we interviewed both Matt Hill and Sam Vincent, voice actors uh, that you guys know from a lot of uh, different animes, especially Gundam animes, the voices of uh, Ather and Akira, as well as many other shows that they have uh, actually done. Many thanks for them for being on this episode of Gundam at MAHQ. And before we close out this episode, oh, actually, I should add that this episode we had to cut a little short because of runtime, so there won't be any mailbag this episode. Chris, anything to add to that, sir? I hate everyone. There you go. There you go. There you, that's what you wanted to hear, guys. <laughs> any any thoughts, gentlemen, before we close this episode out? Mm, 
don't trust a robot. <laughs> there you go. You guys both said your taglines. Beautiful. But uh, <laughs> before I wrap this episode up, I just have uh, just a few shout outs to give. First off, I wanted to congratulate the Ask Backwards Anime Podcast for reaching their 100th episode. Uh, that's a pretty mile, pretty good milestone. And they uh, went out of their way to, to congratulate us when we reached our 100th episode. So right back at you, Doc and gang. Um, thank, uh, thank you guys for so many ups. And I uh, hope you guys keep rocking it. Also, um, many shout outs to uh, the Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast for reaching their 200th episode. Jesus Christ, man. These guys have been putting in work. You can check out both those shows at SSAAPodcast.com and AAAPodcast.com. And I also wanted to uh, give a big, big, big shout out to everybody who's been participating in our, I guess, weekly sessions of uh, Gundam Extreme Versus, uh, which we have called uh, EX Versus the Gundam Nation. Uh, many thanks to everybody who's been coming out for those, and we are trying to hold them weekly. If you want to keep up with what's going on there, I put up an article at Gundam.net that you can check out. And make sure to follow us on uh, Twitter at Gundam at MAHQ and in order to keep up with when we're doing sessions. But um, if you missed any sessions already, you can go and check the archives at YouTube.com slash Gundam MAHQ. And you can watch them live at Twitch.tv slash Fighters Ready whenever we have sessions planned. Before we go, please check out these websites when you have time. Head on over to where the magic happens. MAHQ.net. Visit there for reviews of many mecha-related animes and manga series. Also join the conversation at MAHQ's official forums at mechatalk.net where you can find forums for this show and other MAHQ and Shinjuku Station podcasts. There you can comment on the thread for this episode or others and submit questions for future podcasts. If you're looking for previous episodes of Gundam at MAHQ, look no further than Gundam.net, where you can also find information on all of our previous episodes. Also find us on iTunes by using the keyword Gundam and make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. After listening to our show, your next stop should be Chaos Theater, MAHQ's podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom outside of Mecca. Hosted by the webmaster of MAHQ, Gundam's own Chris Guanche, and the pedal bear of the South, Tomopop's own Pedro Cortez. You can tune into the show at chaostheater.blogspot.com and on iTunes by searching for Chaos Theater. Don't forget that we're also on YouTube, where you can not only find our previous episodes, but extra content as well. Subscribe to these channels when you have time. YouTube.com slash Gundam MAHQ. YouTube.com slash Chaos Theater MAHQ. YouTube.com slash Fighters Ready. YouTube.com slash Shin Station Fight Tube. And YouTube.com slash Shinjuku Station. Last but not least, make a beeline to Shinjuku Station's home for live streaming. That's tinyurl.com slash Shin Station. Every week, we stream live with anime commentaries like Shoji Ramaro's Anime Movie Night and live podcasts like our new show, Barbecue Night. Don't sleep. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash shinstation and follow us to keep up with all our future live streams as well as archives of our most recent sessions. And that's it for Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next time. What if I told you that even the worst neighborhood in America could be made completely safe? How do I know this? Because it's happening right now in every country in the world but this one. It is great to see American machines helping to promote peace abroad. So then tell me, why 
can't we use these machines here at home? Why is America so robophobic? Gundam at MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. Hey, Tyler, are you on your way to algebra? Yeah, I'll see you there. <laughs> You're awful! The preceding joke was brought to you by men. Men! We don't know what we did.